everybody, and welcome to episode 364 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical Jeffrey Watkins Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Ah, thanks to Jeffrey Watkins of Patreon.com slash LazerTime, uh, Commodore 64, Chris Antiston. And... Seven Minute Abs, Matthew Allen. And special guest... Micah Seff, and I'm going to hope that we don't have a Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, clip to play this time. We don't, because I was <laughs> yeah. not thinking ahead. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I was counting on that. Uh, Next time, Micah. <laughs> God damn it, Micah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us, and obviously you're a friend of the show, but where might people recognize you from? Well, if they are fans of the show, then I've been here a few times, mm-hmm. but uh, um, most recently I work over at Perfect World on several different games, but... Uh, like Remnant? The, uh, like like Remnant from the Ashes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Torchlight 3 that's coming soon. Magic Legends also coming soon. So lots of, lots of cool stuff going on over there, but... Uh, before that, I was over at Game Explain, if people are familiar with them, and going way back, I worked at IGN, but that's a that's ancient mm, history. That's a lifetime now. ago. <laughs> yeah, that's a hashtag me at twenty kind of thing. Uh, Mike, I, I hear people. I hear people are a little excited about Magic Legends. I want you to plug plug that game because I was working on that uh, for a while there. I was so proud when that trailer debuted during the uh, <laughs> the Game Awards in December. Well, that was actually super cool because I got to go to the Game Awards. Uh, normally, I have like a viewing party at home where we watch that event, but uh, I was in the audience. I had to buy a suit because I don't even <laughs> I didn't oh, even man. own a suit prior. You to guys that. remember those days where we could go places and be around <laughs> other people? Yeah, that was a, a different time. Um, but yeah, we got to announce that last year, and then we've been showing off things little a little bit at a time. There, it's in online action RPG set in the universe of Magic the Gathering, which is awesome for me, because that's very close to my heart. Magic, as you know, Matt, is uh, my favorite game of all time. So, um, yeah, Mike, Mike is a nerd. He's a magic he, nerd. I'm an actual nerd, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the one level I think I've told you. I don't go down to the magic nerddom level. I, I stop at D&D. That's my tabletop where yeah. I stop. I mean, uh, D&D is another game that is very close to my heart, but magic's been my game for uh, the entirety of my life. So it's been really cool to work on that project. Uh, we're, we're making it with Cryptic Studios, and uh, they have this great pedigree coming from Neverwinter and Star Trek Online. And a lot of that team is actually people who used to work at Wizards of the Coast. Um, and so they just know magic really well. And then getting to bring that world to life is super cool, uh, especially but just for me personally, you know. Nice. Um, Let me ask you something that'll bring us back to our topic for Michael there. Uh, in terms of nerddoms, are you into <laughs> Japan at all, Micah? Are you into, are you are you in uh, an otaku? Uh, if you yeah, you know, I used to be what you would call a hardcore otaku. I actually lived in Japan for a while. Oh, so, really? What? Um, I yeah. So I don't think I could dispute <laughs> that uh, that claim. Um, you know, once you go and live in Japan, then you never want to be called an otaku ever again. Mm. You, you well, start it's, to it's much more derogatory <laughs> over there. <from> exactly. <laughs> you know, um, living living a daily life in Japan means not being branded as uh, this hardcore reclusive nerd, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, then, uh, then you might have actually had a chance to play some of the games on this week's top five. We are sandwiched between two games that are remarkable 
for one reason, well, one big reason, obviously other reasons, but Fantasy Star Online 2 just came out on Xbox as a free-to-play game last week. After, what, like eight years, eight years after yep. it came out in Japan. Yep. And Trials of Mana, a, a remake of a game that didn't see a U.S. release until last year, is out this week. So I thought it might be interesting to take a look at games that took forever to come to the U.S. from Japan. These all did make it eventually, but like there is, there's usually a space of a decade or more between them being out in Japan fanboys lamenting why doesn't it get an official u.s release there are fan translations all this stuff and then bam official release spend your money that's and that's <laughs> the key is official release right it yes. has to have had yes. it can't be fan it can't be mother three mother three mother has three. not been officially released in the u.s trav i know people <laughs> much, talk about it like much it to my disappointment yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true okay so official <laughs> release because i feel like Sometime in the past 363 episodes, has, have you guys ever done a show about games that didn't make it over from Japan? I don't think so. Probably. Ah, okay. Really? But, but this is games that did make it over, but just Eventually. took forever. Yes. I see. Okay. Long after the traditional window of interest would have closed. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, obviously. Trials has been playable in trial form for for a, a while now. Uh, it's kind of an interesting setup where you play the demo and it's a big chunk of the game. And if you like it and you buy the game, you can pick up from where you left off with your save. Which is Yeah, they've been doing a really good job with that out of Square Enix, actually. The... Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 demo was like that, where you it just was. played the game, and then you just continued playing once the game came out. So. I know one recent game that wasn't, yeah. that annoyed me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which the Final Fantasy VII remake it had. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I had just played through the demo, then I was like, okay, fine, I gotta buy it. And then, like, literally, it's like, oh, you're just gonna play through that, let's call it yep. two hours total again. Yeah. I, I actually specifically made the decision not to play the demo because of that. Yeah. Mm. Smart. I was always going to buy it. Like, and, and it is literally like the first hour of Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. Like, It's not like Resident Evil 3 where like, oh, you're missing a bunch of stuff at the beginning. Like, No, this is just where the game starts. Yeah, and sometimes they do change it up. It'll be like, oh, we're going to do some balance changes or maybe throw a different enemy at you. And nope, it's literally the same exact hour. It's, uh, yeah, it's not not a bad hour no, by any means. No, it's a good hour, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the next 39 are pretty good, too. Yes, they are. And having finished it, uh, I am now just like, I can't wait to see what they'll do next. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who works at Square, and he's on hour 40, and I think he said he's only in episode 16, or I'm sorry, chapter 16, and I was like, oh, I think you still have kind of a big chunk to go. Yeah, there's there's like, I think, 18 chapters. Oh, okay. But it does, it does that thing at one point where it's like, this is the point of no return. Once you cross this barrier, like there's no going back to the rest of the game until you finish. And like, oh, okay, I must be close to the end then. And like, ten hours later, okay, now I'm close to <laughs> oh the end. And there's God. another point of no return. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you you're not kidding about that. That was the only thing I didn't love about that game. Is it kind of misled me about how deep into it uh-huh, I was uh-huh. at that point. It's like oh, I must be like an hour or two away from the end. Nope. <laughs> I heard Doom Eternal does that too. It's oh, like really? it leads you to believe that last level is going to be okay. You're you're almost done. And it's like no, this is another five hour slog. Yeah. <laughs> not a slog, but yeah. you know. I don't I don't know that that game could be a slog. Unless they really I, fuck it up. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I think to I played. Adrenaline. I think I played 
almost 20 more hours of Final Fantasy VII after that point where it told you it was going to be oh, wow. the end of the game. Um, just because then I went and did all these side quests, mm. and then... Uh, See, I yeah. did them beforehand I- like a good boy. <laughs> what is it with Square Games having this clear divide in the middle? Like, since Final Fantasy thirteen, right? It's like, well, at this point, the game completely changes. Fifteen did the same thing, which is like, oh, now you're locked in this path, and this is going to be another ten hours, and mm-hmm. and now Seven Remake. It's kind of their kind of their brand at this point. It's very strange, especially when the sole reason to do that is justifying playing another forty hours. <laughs> <laughs> Have my money. Leave me alone. But yeah, we are going to get into. Our top five games that took forever to get here from Japan. Right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the Laser Time Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. 1990, the real game you guys all want to talk about, Pat Riley Basketball. Actually, I do want to talk about this game. Pat Riley was the coach to end all coaches. Like, he was my favorite coach ever. He was the guy with the slick back hair. He was, if there was a man who could epitomize someone who's lived both in Los Angeles and Miami, (laughs) Pat Riley is that man. Uh, But yeah, he's the Lakers coach. I think it was Sega trying to pull a bit of a Madden. They couldn't afford to get players to license stuff so much. But we could but, but afford it's, a coach. It's than Madden guy, yeah, they got you know? Tommy Lasorda, then to Pat Riley, and then way later on, Joe Montana. One of the things I love about that, if you there was that great screenshot of a Japanese ba- a baseball game with all of the, all the characters' <laughs> names in it, like uh, Bobson Dugnut. Bobson <laughs> Dugnut. So this does not have any NBA license of any kind. And no, that's Sleeve yeah. McDykel. That was another one. Yeah, and it also so, came it came out in Japan, so there are. The L.A. Hoops is what you would have known. That's the best part. The L.A. Hoops is who I always chose. Or the L.A. Rainbows in in the Japanese version. There's also the uh, Seattle Bears, the Boston Bug, the Denver Rocks, (laughs) and who could forget the Houston Legs. (laughs) (laughs) The the Houston Legs. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30-2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And we're back to talk about what? Games that weren't so fresh off the boat. Yes, <laughs> Japanese that games that were. That, <laughs> games Wasn't there a TV the, show called Fresh Off the Boat yeah, or something yeah, yeah. fairly yes. recently? Games the evil Japanese withheld from us because they both love money and hate money. I've read every <laughs> internet comment you've ever had. They hate loving money. They hate loving money. Oh, there's just, oh, there's logistics I don't want to consider because me, me, me. They're essentially capitalists, but they feel guilty for betraying their leftist origins. I thought it was that they didn't think we were smart enough to understand a lot of these things, which lately, to be honest, we're proving them right as a country. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of this was done during the uh, uh, R4 cart era where people were like, ah, bring this game out. And like, hey, we have sales that are showing that 10 of you bought it and the rest of you pirated it. I wonder how much of that also had to do with the fact that in Japan, they sort of have... uh, 
true supply and demand pricing with video games, whereas in here it's it's flat you know flat rate pricing where it's like no in japan we can charge a hundred dollar equivalent for this game but in the states it has to be 50 yeah, i remember to seeing that, that sh- some cheesecake psp dancing game like it's 160 bucks what do you want like it's, no it isn't yeah 160 <laughs> bucks like if you want to buy Does it, it like, include it's... a psp yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that the case with like one of the last uh dead or alive beach volleyball games like it was obscenely priced because they're like well if yeah. you really want this, I think thing. I might have I might have told you guys that like yeah when it was unveiled at like Tokyo Game Show in 2007 like Dead or Alive Extreme Two was being priced at like something like 9,800 yen so like you know close to a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, missed an opportunity there not Ace to Attorney not name it that, too extreme. That, Ace Attorney is like a niche game in Japan understands that yep. so it's like sixty dollars if. It's going to sell this little, and but you want it mm-hmm. here. This Not this week, and, and, by and the it's way. Like, it's like America won't put up with that. They wouldn't pay more than $40 for a 3DS game. Uh, by the way, not this week. Capcom is having a publisher sale on the Nintendo eShop. You can get the Ace Attorney Trilogy for 15 bucks right now. Wow. All right, this isn't the first segment anymore, so let's not belabor this point and jump straight to... Number five. Captain's Log, Stargate 346. Our ship has completed its mission of deep space investigation right on schedule. Now we're headed home. Would you like some coffee, Captain? Yes, I'd like that. Thank you. It's so muffled, I can't tell if that's the Well, is this the clip you played for me earlier where you're like, I couldn't, you recognize the voice actor after it a while? Like, uh, well, it, sounds no, like a pod, that, it sounds like a podcast engineered by deaf people. <laughs> oh, ouch. Well, that, that clip that I played for you earlier was uh, this clip, which is also very muffled. But to me, I was like, this voice actor sounds really familiar. Who is it? Sunday, yeah. 346. Now through an unknown force, a totally new age is about to begin. Is it God's will or the irony of fate? And still, mankind makes its way where no one has gone before. People say the universe is a star ocean. I know you uh, can hear Charlie, that, but Charlie says, Brown is an amazing teacher. People say the universe is a star ocean. Yes, this is Star Ocean. So the bonus points is that actor is, is uh, the same actor that said this. As you can see, this is a PlayStation black disc. Cut number one contains computer data, so please don't play it. That is Robert Belgrade, the same actor who played Alucard. <laughs> What's his speaking voice like? I gotta hear it. I would Just like imagine his everyday. It's like that. <laughs> He's like George like, like George Takei. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Star Ocean is remarkable for it. So it came out on the Super Nintendo in 19 or Super Famicom, sorry, in Japan in 1996. So PlayStation was already out by this point. Nintendo was about to release the N64. This game comes out. It is one of the biggest ROM cartridges that has was ever made for the Super Nintendo. And a lot of that space was used to store speech, which it was the only Super Nintendo game or like one of, I think, Tales of Fantasia might be the other that had a a fully voiced intro sequence. So for close to two minutes, you are hearing actual recorded speech, muffled though it may be, 
uh, coming through your Super Nintendo speakers. And that that's in English in Japan. Like this, this game again right. never came out over here in its in its <laughs> original point. form, but it did eventually make it out on PSP in two thousand eight. Two thousand too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you know, someone who now edits podcasts and mm. knows about compression and bit rates and stuff, I want to know like what the bit rate was on that audio because it's like unrecognizable yeah. as and speech. Sh- it's like sure, it's very heavily compressed. Oh, super compressed. Yeah. I mean, it didn't even sound as good as Rise from Your Grave yeah, from Altered Beast Genesis. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, like hearing speech on Super Nintendo was not uncommon, but it was usually like stuff like Rise from Your Grave or or like Tiger Knee, whatever, like Street Fighter right. level sound effects, yeah, like short yeah. barks. You never heard like full sentences longer than uh, the last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. And Star Ocean, for those of you who've never played it, was a fairly innovative RPG that started with that weird intro in space. And, like, the this the crew of this ship, like, narrowly avoids the disaster of an exploding planet. And then, inexplicably, you're in, like, a medieval fantasy world with uh, people mm-hmm. who have tails. And, like, oh, we're just a bunch of teenagers on guard duty. Let's go out on patrol. Oh, we need to kill some bandits. And... Now there's a neighboring town that has a mysterious sickness and all these people are turning to stone and we have to get this special herb from on top of a mountain to go and and, and cure them. And so there's like n- no hint of, of what was going on at the beginning of the game until you reach the top of the mountain. And then all of a sudden, a couple of people beam in with uh, something that seems very obviously lifted from Star Trek. So why didn't you come sooner then? We can't make direct contact with civilizations in the early stages of development. Oh, shit. It's part of the underdeveloped planet preservation pact. Early stages (laughs) of development? We came here from beyond the sky, from another planet. We're making something of a special exception to the rule, you see. Beyond the sky? Another planet? Are you gods? No, we're not gods. We're people, just like you. Well, uh, except without the tails. Oh, wow. <laughs> Never no, Mr. Wolf, I'm not a god. <laughs> the UPPP, the uh, Prime Planet, whatever Protectorate, whatever. Yeah, and, you, uh, and you f- or, or the Prime Directive, yeah. as we would call it. And, and you track. find out that the mysterious illness that's turning people to stone is actually because the enemies of these people that you're talking to violated that directive in order to unleash a bioweapon on the peaceful population of your underdeveloped world. And uh, so I was like, well, you can you can come aboard our ship and help us find a cure, but you can probably never come back after that because it would violate the up. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're going to lie about the stats of that disease mm-hmm. when it first released. And, you know. <laughs> Topical. Uh, yeah. The the combat system in Star Ocean. Like, have you guys ever played one of these games? No. So no, I no. just remember the big deal about the release. There was a. There was a release a few years ago, and, and I remember right. seeing it at some Square event. And um, this was—I I just remember like this series. We got m- almost all the games except the original one, right? Like they—they—they yeah. they, they kept bringing other ports over. So again, uh, original came out in 1996. The the first remake uh, came out in 2008 on PSP. The second remake came out last year in December. Yeah. Which as, yeah, it's on Switch, right? Yeah, on Switch and that's, PS4. That's when people didn't like that much, if I recall. Star Ocean First Departure R. 
Um, this is yeah. what I've played. It, it's fine. Um, hmm. But I, I mean, I haven't really played the original, to be honest. But uh, yeah. Yeah, but but like it has it has kind of a cool combat system where like yes it's random battles but then your your allies control themselves you're controlling the main character and you can just run up in real time and just swat at things with your sword or unleash spells it feels a little bit like Final Fantasy VII remake yeah. in its yeah. way I actually came to this series with Star Ocean Second Story which came out two years to, to the U S two years after the original star ocean released in Japan. So 1998, it hit PlayStation and kind of took a different perspective where like, instead of a night on a fantasy world meeting space travelers, you're a space traveler who gets stranded on a fantasy world and has to make friends. And mm. yeah, so it was a little, you know, interesting. I mean, I, I get why it took so long for the original to come over. If you think of the timing, so 96 in Japan mm -hmm. and considering day and date wasn't really a thing, like global day and date releases yeah. weren't a thing back then. And so let's assume two years for a U.S. localization or an English localization. 1998, you're not going to release an SNES game in 1998. No. Yeah, no, it's just too late. Well, even even 96 was too late. And, and like... You know, thinking about it, you can kind of extrapolate like this was probably made for Super Nintendo for the same reason that Nintendo is making Donkey Kong Country, which is right. our new hardware is not here yet. We are going to get creamed by PlayStation and Saturn. We need to create games for this that just wow everyone with what this machine can still do, yeah. like Star Fox, for example. You know, again, voiced intros were becoming a lot more common by this point like cd-rom games weren't new playstation what was debuted in 94 i think 94 95 in, in japan yeah maybe yeah so yeah this was something people were already used to but not on their 16-bit cartridge based super famicom so that would have been really cool but it also would have been really expensive to produce because you have to make all these big bulky rom chips and like is that oh, even no. worth trying to reproduce for the u.s market when everybody is already losing interest in Super Nintendo. Like, you're not going to recoup any of that money. That's true. I mean, some of our listeners might not be aware that back then, and Nintendo really saw this with the N64, is, like, the cart cost could actually, like, change the price of a game because, you know, just the silicone, like, to make those carts, it's oh, yeah. like... It it would drive the price way up. Like I remember paying $80 or more for Nintendo 64 games. Yeah. At, uh, at launch, like all those terrible ass games, like 80 to $90 cruising USA, I think was like <laughs> 70. So it was cheap. Yep. Yeah. And, and one of the advantages, and I think one of the reasons PlayStation ended up dominating so much is like, it was cheap uh, and always the same cost to produce a, a DVD or a CD, mm -hmm. a CD ROM version of a game. You know, yeah. you're just stamping them out. Called so. them CDs back then, man. You, I mean, the, literally, yeah. <laughs> you know, having been in the industry when we were, it was DVD. You're talking like less than a dollar per disc for production. You yeah. know, um, it's really, really inexpensive. Nintendo's um, infamous pricing practices where they you you have to buy it's, this many cartridges from us and put your game on it mm, basically like we yeah. control the medium on which you print your games so you yeah. you have to do a lot of business with us if you're going to do any so they don't have those bad practices anymore but yeah. they still are on carts so it's mm -hmm. really uh, expensive they, yeah. yeah they like, went back to cart yeah mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah and and it has to be flavored so that if you lick it it's super gross I I've never mm -hmm. licked mine yet. I've just I've didn't been too scared. I've heard well, bad things. Uh, it, it's, it's disgusting, like but it's, it's like Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like licking um a persistent but not very hot hot sauce. Hmm. 
Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Maybe you got a different kind than I did. I like uh, the one two switch. Mine was Cooking Mama. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, Star Star Ocean, pretty cool game. But again, took twelve years roughly for the yeah. you wow. know the original to it, make it to these shores. It's almost like Square has so many RPG franchises they just forget about some every uh-huh, once in a uh-huh. while and then go, oh shit, yeah, we should release that. Yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of Square and its many RPG franchises. Number four. That is the original Famicom battle music for the game. One of the games that we're going to be talking about in this entry. Is this the inspiration for this list or one of the big inspirations? It for this is list? not. But when I think you or Micah brought it up, it's like, yeah, that that kind of has to be in there. Because here's the music when that same game got ported to DS. <laughs> And then it might also be the mobile slash PC remake. But so uh-huh. this is a Final Fantasy three, not the Final ah, Fantasy three yeah. that came out in the 90s and was actually Final Fantasy six. This game right. originally okay. came out in Japan on the Famicom, the Japanese version of the NES in 1990. And uh, I don't know if you were alive in 1990 or paying attention to Final Fantasy, but this came out in Japan one month before the first Final Fantasy came out in the U.S. So they could go through the effort to translate it and uh, maybe even the second one, too. Or uh, they could, on realizing that Final Fantasy was an unlikely success, work on localizing Final Fantasy IV so it could be ready for the Super Nintendo launch in 1991. That's a real Sophie's cart. I, I <laughs> Officially, what... So, does Square just kind of disavow... They, they, they just reset the numbering, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's now like... okay. Well, Final Fantasy IV no. in Japan was Final Fantasy II in the U.S. Six was three, so we never got five either. So, for the longest time, yeah. we didn't have Final Fantasy II, three, or five. Uh, seven was the first one to reset the numbering. So mm-hmm. we went from one, two, three, seven, which only made sense if you were following the series. Yeah. It's kind of a leisure mm-hmm. suit Larry situation there. What happened to four? Yeah. <laughs> but, but at this point in time, we're all synced up every yes. one is one, two is two, three is three. Okay. Yeah. And we yeah, are they renamed together. everything back to the correct names mm-hmm. when they That's good. re-released That's them. That's good. Yeah. So, so what was what was the deal with three? What's 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 the hook of three? What made three? The hook of three was it looked a lot like the first two games originally, but uh, you you would create these four characters who were orphans, and they they are all onion knights to start. You don't get to to choose like oh this one's a fighter, this one's a thief, this one's a white mage, whatever. They're all Davos. Like, they're all Davos. Yes, they're all yeah. Davos the Onion Knight. And, uh, <laughs> but as you go through the game, you can assign them different jobs. So there, it, it was like, the, I think, the first game to really introduce the job system to Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. This idea mm-hmm. that, like, oh, you can, you can have these consistent characters and they can sort of diversify into different classes and as befits the situation, maybe. 
I'm trying to remember with the DS releases, did they all hit at the same time or were, did they space those out? I think I think they were close to one another. They, you know, somewhat yeah. spaced out, but it was it wasn't like, yeah, we're releasing 3 4 uh, was it just 3 and 4 that came to DS? Um, might have been. It, it also, I think, came around around the same time where they did Chrono Trigger on DS, because that's mm-hmm. the one that I did opt to buy. Yeah, which they, they did not redo this. the graphics. 3 and 4, they re- they gave it, like, 3D graphics, and in 4's case, voiced cutscenes. Yeah, 4, I would really like to see ported to something else. I think I it exists really on PC. That. Does it? Yeah. The 3DS yeah. version? I think so. Not 3DS, but DS. Yeah. Uh, most of the PC ones tend to be the uh, mobile games yeah. that they poured over to Steam, unfortunately. Hmm. But well, here's something that Americans aren't used to hearing. Um, you're the secondary market. It's as simple as that. And if you were making something in your country, you would probably, well, before the internet, you would do the same. And that's how, that's how it happened. No one hates you. Mm-hmm. You're just, uh, yeah. Those people don't it's know gonna... you and don't make games for you. It's going to happen again because guess what? Uh, China as a market is bigger than the U.S. in terms of games. It's at this true. Point. Dif- different different kinds of games, but uh, yeah, they're bigger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Japan makes good things and China makes terrible things. <laughs> What's your favorite Chinese movie? <laughs> right. Come on, Doc. All the best stuff's made in Japan. The Meg is that what we're looking at? No, oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's a Chinese funded movie, not a Chinese made movie. Fine. Your balls in your court, Michael. Favorite Chinese movie? Uh, we counting we can Hong move Kong on? in here? Oh, don't you dare do that! <laughs> I mean, it is part, legally part of China now. It wasn't then. That's true. Well, uh, it was when Crouching I... Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. Can I say Hero? Even though that is sort of semi a propaganda film at this point. Mm-hmm. I know it's a, a bummer because I love that movie, but I, I love Hero. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll go with God of Cookery as my favorite Chinese movie. How could, how could Micah just do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even cross-check him. Is that a real thing? The internet will tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a early Stephen Chow movie. Uh, okay. Pre, what, what happened to Stephen Chow? Pre-Shaolin Soccer. We were um, watching, uh, uh, oh, my God, Kung Fu Hustle the other day. And, like, what the fuck happened to this dude? So, they, they bundled this with PS3s. I don't know. Yeah, he he did a bunch of other things after, but I don't like any of those things. The, the Dumb Mermaid much. movie. Yeah, he, he directed a couple of uh, Journey to the West movies that are that are pretty good, actually. Oh. At least the first one is. I haven't seen the second yet. <laughs> Someone on Facebook the other day shared a clip of one of the soccer scene, scenes from Shaolin Soccer. They're like, "This is amazing," and I had to be the one to break it to him. Like, "Yeah, this is from an action movie. This is from Shaolin Soccer. This is not real." Like, oh, no, yeah. this is <laughs> real. Like, I'm going to watch no. soccer yeah. from now on if this is what it's like. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in real life. To be fair to them, it was one of the more realistic-looking segments right. where it's like, okay, yeah, they're not doing complete. But no, no, the fat shit. guy never made the goal explode. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't question that the camera seemed to be changing position a lot during this very quick sequence? Uh, yeah. Look, the olds have invaded Facebook now, okay? And it's my fair, job fair, to fair. set them on the path to All right. uh, yeah, so, enlightenment. Final Fantasy 2, 3, and 5 yes. came out in 1988, 1990, and 1992, respectively. Mm-hmm. 5 is the first of those three that comes to the U.S. In 1999, we get Final Fantasy Collection, which had, mm-hmm. I believe, 5, 6, and 
Was it also four and possibly Chrono Trigger? <laughs> I, I might be was, mixing was, that up with it anthology. A, it was a fucking mess. Like, why would you call this a collection? Like, without even a volume next to it. Mm-hmm. Collection. I mean, we just saw something similar with Yakuza, right? Where they had that collection that was only three, four, and five. Yep. Because they had done the Kiwamis for one and two, and then six exists on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Those so. are the ones yeah, that hadn't been remastered yet. So yeah. um, it's the exactly. Jaws collection. It's one, three, and the Pink Panther. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah and then uh, Final Fantasy 2 finally came out for the first time in 2003 in the Final Fantasy Origins collection for PlayStation 1 which was just I I think maybe remastered versions of 1 and 2 and and yeah and and then like nothing we never got 3 until 2006 when the the remake hits the DS Uh, we've still technically never gotten the original version um but eh, from what i can see (laughs) three is is a bit better anyway quite a bit better it's got 3d graphics Mm. man it's got more of a story and named characters uh, how often do you go back and play ds games i really find ds is a kind of a bummer because they don't port a lot of ds games to other platforms which sucks because if they would play ball with iphone yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's, a natu- it's it's natural. It's it's perfect. They, they could have done it with Wii U, and they never did. Yeah, yeah I know. Hmm. I don't understand it, but uh, but yeah, and and one thing that also came up in our discussion was uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero, yeah, part of the yeah. Fabula Nova Crystallis uh, series, and which oh, I wish I was up- dead every time I hear that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's yeah the sub series. It's like a, a yeah. series within a series yeah. of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games. Which so is type so zero belongs to that. Mm-hmm. Fifteen belongs to that, and uh, thirteen. Right? Yeah. Those are the yeah yeah. And I'm assuming all the thirteen spinoffs. Uh yes yes those uh, are all the thirteen spinoffs. Yeah. Oh sorry <laughs> no no, no, no I, I mean 13, like lightning returns. lightning returns yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh god um but yeah the bit of a shorter window on that um. Came out for PSP in Japan in 2011. Came to PS4 and Xbox One as a as a HD version in 2015. And I think mm. the main selling point was the that it came with a demo for Final Fantasy 15. And I say mm-hmm. that's the main selling point because that is the only part of that purchase that I actually played. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> because the, the 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 actual game Type Zero is very clearly a PSP game in that like all of its strangeness and awkward controls and stuff kind of makes it over into the HD version. But one thing I'll say for it is it does have an, a surprisingly gritty uh, intro movie for a Final Fantasy game, which uh, all told with the intro movie that plays before the menu screen, it takes about 20 minutes before you're actually playing the game. But yeah, you're seeing these students at this military academy like stumbling through streets during an invasion. They've been caught by surprise. They're getting shot and stabbed and there's just like blood spraying everywhere. And it's crazy. Have you seen a guy, a guy with a red cape? No, I haven't. You? Worst orgasm. Visual! Kill them! 
That's how chocobos sound in this game, by the way. No way. <laughs> wow. Jesus, were they slicing one open? No, what one was they... coming and saving this guy who was being shot at by uh, by these enemy soldiers. But mm. but yeah, it's just, well, first off, the strangeness of like, hey, have you seen this guy? No, have you? It's like, why would I ask you if I'd seen him? Uh, right you think i just wanted to comment on his cape uh, <laughs> but then yeah they, they get exploded and stabbed and shot at and there's blood in the streets and then a chocobo shows up and you have to sit watch the chocobo bleed while this guy bleeds out on top of the chocobo and like all right what was the point of that and you spent a long time watching this guy die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very Man, sad I- I, I don't know what makes something part of the Fabula Nova Crystallis thing besides uh, the fact falsies, that I do I not want to play it. Like it's the deities, it's yeah. the gods. It, it needs it, ten years to develop. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, mostly it's just that it, I'll never play anything <laughs> from that uh, sub series there. Um, especially really? after playing Final Fantasy Rema- uh, Seven Remake, uh, it feels so distant from the, oh, the recent 15. things they've been doing. I try, I tried to play fifteen. Know. Oh, really? And uh, man, the second time I had to like push that car when I ran out of gas the, down the street, I was like, "No, thanks." You run out of gas. You're always out of gas. But I, Final Fantasy Seven feels much more natural if you played fifteen. Well, Whatever. It, it also made me think a little <laughs> bit, like playing it a little bit. Uh, type Zero made me think of Final Fantasy Seven Remake because you start out with these three characters that each have different abilities, and you you just swap between them uh, quite rapidly while you're fighting. And the other two will will sometimes hang out next to you and fight, and sometimes they'll just sort of disappear because there's a bunch of other stuff on screen. Yeah. Well, well th- yeah. I mean, this is the time for me. Definitely, like we're at peak too much Final Fantasy, <laughs> where where it's like I can't keep track of what what is this supposed to be tied to, what does this relate to, and like, like there's just too many spinoffs and shit. And I'm like, but, I'm sure they're all honestly, fine like, games. There's never been less Final Fantasy than right now. Hmm. Then like, right now, well, I think what it is is they have fourteen just kind of bringing in. Re- regular they do, but, money. but like, there's re-releases with confusing names. But like, we are at a point where there are no dirges of Cerberuses or Crisis right. Corses is mm-hmm. or or, well, or think- thirteen two or X two. Like that's not happening anymore. We're we're at about ten years between mainline numbered Final Fantasy releases at this point. It's about how long it takes to get from like your thirteen. To between thirteen and fifteen, and fifteen, I think was, yeah, it was all intents and purposes. Years. Seven was... should seven should be sixteen. I think people aren't talking about that yet. Yeah, like, I, I actually do agree with that. They should have just called it Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is different enough. Just never, never explain why it's a remake of FF seven. Just yeah. be like, yeah, it's sixteen. What do you want? I mean, I love the fact that it's like it's, it's something that. I mean, we all there. There's been games where, like, God damn, I wish I could go back to that world and, and just explore more and, and experience more of that or learn more about the characters. And so, they're great fan service games. You know, it's like, oh, there's going to be three versions of Final Fantasy 13. But if you didn't ask for more Final Fantasy 13, you're like, all right, get the fuck on with it. Let's go to the mm-hmm. next one. Come on. Well, yeah, and that's why Lightning Returns was largely rejected by audiences because it's like, come on, okay, that's it. We did yeah. not want Lightning to return. Get her out of here. <laughs> I, I, I did not dislike Lightning. I just remember firing up that game, and my my girlfriend at the time, who was never critical of games, saw me play the opening, which instead of an eight-hour cutscene, it opens with gameplay. Hmm. And she's like, 
so you can understand what's happening? I'm like, <laughs> you know, no, I guess I can't. They're like explaining <laughs> you the battle system as I fight a Shiva god the size of a skyscraper, which I can't really look at because I'm reading the menus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, make, have, her, have her make you watch Fighting Fat Chocobo in, in 7 Remake. Yeah, that'll that's be pretty cool. I <laughs> love Fat Chocobo. If you think there's too much Final Fantasy, I know a series that's a pretty good antidote to that. Number three. Uh, listen to that CD quality sound on what game? Uh-huh. Is this Rondo of Blood? This is Rondo of Blood! Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's in Castlevania. Although did, I will say that beginning take... sounded a bit like Thriller, like Michael Jackson's <laughs> Thriller. <laughs> did, didn't it take Bloodlines longer to come back around? Mm, I think Bloodlines Well, Bloodlines came to the U.S. like right away, almost, in, you know, on Genesis. Oh, right. Sorry. It came, yeah, it came. Sorry. I meant, I meant like it just got re-released in like the Genesis Mini, which oh, is like the first time yeah, it's yeah, ever yeah. been no, re-released. No, it took a long-ass time to, to go from Genesis to uh, a re-released Sorry, version. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is uh, this came out on in 93 for the Super CD-ROM for the PC Engine in Japan. Mm. Who could forget? I think it was planned for a release on Turbo Duo in the U.S., but it got, like, the Turbo Duo sank. No one bought the Turbo Duo. Exactly. It's like why I wish I could speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. I was reading about Snake's Revenge, the sequel to Metal Gear, and, like, uh, Kojima thought the MSX was the superior platform (laughs) to release the true Metal Gear sequel. I'm like... Can we just have a conversation on what you were thinking? <laughs> like, All of this is reminding me, um, quick plug uh, that we don't get paid for, so I don't know why I'm doing it, but if you want to know more about things like PC Engine and and games like this, uh, High Score Girl has new episodes up on Netflix that I started watching, and I love it because it's like, so much of this is like, oh, this is what was going on in Japan that we had, we, no, we didn't get it. We didn't get a lot of this stuff, so. It's true. But Rondo, Rondo of Blood, Blood. Uh, so came out in ninety. This game was legendary because yeah. we didn't get it for so now, long. It's it's debatable whether we got it or not because there was in nineteen ninety five a game released called Castlevania Dracula X for Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. also known as Vampire's Kiss in Europe, and it was a bastardized version of Rondo of Blood. It like took a lot of the same art. Uh, kind of redrew some things, some uh, some of the same sprites. And it was Fighting Street. A little bit, yeah. It was like it was like a redesigned, remade version that isn't anywhere near as good. So the the actual Rondo of Blood remained like this this collector's holy grail for years. And I remember like I, I went over, I went to Japan in 2007, and that was like my one main thing. It's like I want a copy of this. I want a copy of this. And then it's like. It's two hundred dollars. Like, uh, nah, nah, maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, th- does this qualify for our list that we did uh, fairly recently about like early remakes? Because Dracula X is technically sort of a remake of Ronda. I mean, it's post two thousand. Well, yeah, you, I, I, you could say it's a remake, but it, it's really just like it's like a shitty arcade port or something where it's like we like this is nominally a uh, remake of Rondo of Blood, but really we just redesigned all the levels using some of the same assets, and the last boss fight is completely different, and it, you you, mm-hmm. you don't get the second playable character in Maria Renard, who uh, now has fully English uh, terrible dialogue. My name's Maria Renard. I heard all about you from Annette. I came here to beat some bad 
Batman. But I got caught. My family are vampire hunters, too. So I guess that means we should be friends now. Sure. I wish friends. I would know! <laughs> but Maria, you're too young for this. You just let the big hunter here take care of that bad man, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why the Rugrats score? Oh, you don't know anything. So I what's can the handle music? this just fine. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Baby Wavy wanna slay vampires. Yeah, so, uh, by, the, by the way, us mature and woke folks, we don't use words like Renard anymore. We, just don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah. my ignorance of this game, having only actually played it recently, was like I always thought like, oh, it's it's it'd be like Castlevania three where you're switching between Richter and Maria. Nope, that is not it at all. You unlock Maria. Which you have to do by, like, you find a key in a candle. You have to hang on to said key without dying uh, for several screens. And then you find the secret door. And if you go through it with the key, then you see the cutscene and you unlock her. And from that point on, you can start a new game as Maria. And she uses uh, cats and birds and things like that as her weapons. And the game is, like, so much easier with her. She's, like, super easy baby mode. Where you, uh, Michael? I need to correct you here. They're not just cats, okay? This is a white tiger kitten, all right? This is an exotic big cat. We all know better uh -huh. now. It's this, a this is a cat. This is a tiger you marry. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So uh, we. So why so why do you, why do you say that like we may never have seen the real version of? Oh, Rumble we Rumble. we have recently. Um, well, okay. actually, uh, it, it, well, ten years yeah, ago. Recently. Ten years ago, recently, and in, in that it it kind of. It kind of snuck in because 2007, Castlevania The Dracula X Chronicles comes out for PSP, which is a 3D, like 2.5D remake, which, you know, retains the gameplay, the level design. But for my money, like, I, I thought it was kind of ugly and awkward looking at the time. I didn't really get into it. So I missed that not only was there a heavily advertised, like, it contains Symphony of the Night. You can access that and play it and play through it. And then it's got a bunch of new stuff. Also, if you go to stage four, this is from GameFAQs. On your way through towards the end of the stage, you will find six of those skulls that spit fire stacked on top of each other. Just past them is a platform that moves like an inverted pendulum going left and right. Uh, just opposite of it is a spiked ball. Get on the platform and jumped over the spiked ball, landing on the ground against the wall. Break the lower part of the wall to find a bomb. Hit the bomb to ignite it, and the wall will come falling down. Walk forward a bit, and you will find two spiked platforms that try to crush you. Get on the right platform, and as it's going up, jump off it and land on the upper level. Stay on top, avoiding the axes and the yellow eye. At the very end of the platform is a candle. Hit it, and inside will be the original version of Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Because I the original version I was thinking of was just straight up like it came to Wii Virtual Console in 2010. Yes. 2010. It did. By the way, the guy who the guy who discovered that uh, might be related to the guy who figured out you can drink milk from cows. Because who the <laughs> fuck would take that kind of time to figure that shit out? I, I'm sure that must have been leaked at some point. Yeah. yeah like, See what uh, he did there? Cows, milk, yes, leak. Yeah. It, it is. It is baffling that like. I knew Rondo of Blood as the Castlevania game I could never play, and when they re-released two versions of it, it's not included in the title. Like, just call it Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Like, what? 
what what is Dracula X? That had no context to me at all. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the cover art, I think where the X comes from is the cover art has a big X on it. It's got a bunch of Japanese characters and then big well, X, the, and I always wondered why The original it had title that. is Dracula X, Rondo of Blood. Uh, because it, in, in Japan, it's not called Castlevania. It's called Demon Castle Dracula. So Dracula, just by itself, means Castlevania. That might be the one case where we actually have the better yeah. name. And then, <laughs> so, uh, Symphony of the Night, the original Japanese title, Dracula X, Symphony of the Night, meaning it's a sequel to Rondo of Blood. Uh, interestingly, if you start up the Japanese version of that game ever, it just displays at the beginning, the title screen just says Dracula X, but there's no spacing or differentiation uh, between Dracula and X, so it just looks like Draculax. Dracula. <laughs> it's laxative for vampires. <laughs> Take like Dracula, like a, a press release for a Guitar Hero Metallicar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? Hey, I look, remember Marty, that. That was Worked so on that much game. fun. The all rights reserved thing would just appear as a normal letter. Metallicar. I remember when we got early access to the art of that Metallica album that was hitting at the same time. And yeah, we all thought the same thing you all did when you saw that art. You know what I mean. That uh, the Guitar Hero contained the superior version of that album. <laughs> it did. It still does, stems. apparently. Like, it's fucking we got crazy. the stems and they said, oh, this is how drums are supposed to sound. So, Rondo of Blood, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. came to the Wii in 2010, which was the original Japanese version. Like, oh, finally you play it and then you realize, like, I don't know what any of this screen text means. So I'm a little bit of a loss. The version that came out in 2018 as part of Castlevania Requiem, finally English language, complete with dubbed cutscenes, if that's what you're into, and you get to hear the original rough draft version of a very famous speech. Death to you. The world is not yours to exist in. It is not by my own power that I am resurrected. It is the greed of humanity which calls me back. And thus, by might, I rule. Might becomes the one and only justice in this world. Of all the self-serving claptrap, the same basic fate drives all people to seek, to come together, to move forward. That surely can't be an evil thing. No, might is the only justice, and other things only... What is a human being? (laughs) What is a human being? A sad stack of untruths. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but from a, a, dep- a depressed spiral of lies. From, from what like, I've read, that is more or less a straight translation of what the original Symphony of the Night, like the Japanese interplay between Richter and Dracula, was. Uh, mm. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad we got miserable pile of secrets instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is a man? But yeah, no, I'm 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 super happy that we finally have a very very accessible version of this that anyone could play. Thank thank God it wasn't included in the Castlevania anthology. <laughs> I don't understand that. Why why release a separate collection just for PS4? I, I know it's so why, unbelievable. Why is that not on Switch? Yes. Just bring the bring. I want Symphony of the Night on Switch more than Rondo of Blood. Honestly, but, doesn't exist on um, Switch yet. No, that's, that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. PS4 exclusive, I believe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So once again, I have not touched it because it's all shelled and bullshit. <laughs> well, well. And I really want to play this. Hmm. Yeah, well, because I love Rondo Hat. 
<laughs> Everyone yeah, loves Rondo. I know that's who it's named after. Mm-hmm. Rajon Rondo of Blood mm-hmm. for you sports fans out yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I, I will get. Uh, let you look that up on Google right well, now. Well, here's a game that you can play on Switch in two different formats. Right. Number two. Now that music is from the original Super Famicom version of this game. The mm-hmm. uh, the remade version gets a little bit more explicit about what this is. We shall not sit idly while our country crumbles. No, no, we must open the forbidden portal to the sanctuary of mana, and then we can obtain the sword of mana. I have never been so inspired by Hans Molman in my life. <laughs> okay, so uh, so did he just confirm mana? that it's mana, not mana? Yeah, yeah that, so that's, that's two of that's the, the biggest me. shocks of my life from Square Enix in in the space of a couple weeks <laughs> are that it's Mako and mana. Not, <laughs> they got it reversed. Not Mako and mana. <laughs> yeah, they got it mixed up. Uh, so are you talking, this is Seiken Densetsu 3. Yes, yeah. Seiken Densetsu. Three. Now known as Trials of Mana, known as Trials of Mana since it came out in the collection of Mana last year for Switch. Which was just a port, an English port of the Super Famicom version of this game, yes. right? Yeah, okay. so they yeah. finally localized it and packaged it along with what was originally known as the Final Fantasy Adventure for Game Boy and Secret of Mana. Or, sorry, Mana. I will, I will never mm-hmm. say Mana. It's always Mana yeah. for me. I I play too much magic to say mana. So. <laughs> mana <laughs> from heaven. Oh, well, you, you're not yeah. used to adding to your mana pool? Come on. Uh, no, 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 no. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you guys. I say mana when I when I play RPGs and stuff, and I always think it's a little bit pretentious when someone's like, uh, it's mana? I'm yeah. like, whatever, dude. It's yeah. fucking however you want to say it. No one really knows. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing that doesn't actually exist, so fuck yeah, right yeah. the fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll, your vampires get killed by a stake through the heart. Mine sparkle in the sunlight. They don't exist. Although Matt. I'm so holy, growing up in the church, to me, manna is the bread from God that rains uh-huh, down from uh-huh, heaven. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, uh, that's the distinction. Mana is a different thing from manna, yeah. right? Manna is M-A-N-N-A, right? Uh-huh. And, well, manna. but neither is as good as manamana. Manamana. Chris, come on. Where the fuck were you? You're supposed to get my back on that one. He may have passed out. <laughs> I think I think you might be right. Um, but th- this was this was like another holy grail for me. Next to Rondo of Blood. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it came out in 1995. I didn't know about it until years later when it started popping up and people talking about how well it was being emulated when Super Nintendo emulators first started being a thing. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's how I played it. I... Uh... Back in college, mm. I was playing it on emulator because there was fan Well, the fran- um, fan translation hit in 99. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, um. the reason this one was so frustrating to some people is like, we were told at the time this might have been the best Super Famicom game ever released yeah. or one of the best. And it was, and it was the sequel, it. the true sequel to Secret of Mana, which was one mm-hmm. of the best, as far as I was concerned, like one of the best action RPGs on the console at the time. Uh, we didn't get this. Instead, we got Secret of Evermore, which was, I think, made by U.S. Square Enix employees, largely. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that game. It. I thought it was cool. Mm. And and 
Yeah, Seiken Densetsu 3, it wasn't a direct sequel to Secret of Mana and didn't feature any of the characters, but instead it had six new characters, and you could pick three different ones to be your party in the game, and each of them had a distinct backstory that you would start the game by playing through. A lot of the backstories are surprisingly dark. I've played through two now where where the main character has to kill their best friend, one of which is a puppy. So Jesus mm, fucking yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, this game at the time was renowned for its story because it was it was parallel paths of story. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the game, um, which thinking back to like you know the '90s, that was some complex storytelling for for the well, it would have been the SNES if it ever came to the SNES. Yeah, yeah. So. But again, like like much like Star Ocean, this came out in 1995. And it was a very big game, and I'm sure that, uh, I I mean, I've read things that, like, the producers kind of weighed the costs and benefits of translating this thing right when PlayStation and N64 were about to happen, and decided, like, yeah, we probably won't recoup our costs from this. So it got Mm. cancelled. So we had to wait until 2019 to get an yeah. official release when it came out in collection of mana and now our cup of ma- of mana overfloweth <laughs> runneth, because runneth over yeah because <laughs> not only did we get that last year but we are this week getting trials of mana the remake which is pretty good there is a free like again there's a free trial version that you can play through and if you decide you want to buy it you can yeah. keep your progress that's kind of neat this um, all depresses I, me I a like the bit. demo a lot. Yeah. So. I like the demo I'm, I'm a lot too, but I think I feel like the the voice acting is pretty uneven. Oh um, well, yeah. Some of it's like really bad, like <laughs> lots of hesitation. I did play it right before FF seven remake, yeah. so <laughs> oh. but, well, but Michael, then, that's why that's why we go uh subs before it uh, is. Yeah. We, we, we don't know it's the true. difference. But some of the English My voice has, been that, has actually impressed me. To I, I, good English voice acting totally exists. If this barrier were in the way, I swear I'd be in Wendell by now. <laughs> Not fair. Oh, funny story. Uh, you say a fairy's gonna help us get inside? Oh, you must mean the light from the forest. <laughs> I am so glad she's your problem and not mine. Wow. No, thank you. I mean, that's still pretty cheesy, but at least it, it conveys I mean, I an emotion. I wasn't listening because that fucking soundtrack slaps, dude. There oh, was steel mm. drum and flute the, in the, there. The soundtrack is so good, especially that forest theme. Like, I could mm-hmm. listen to that just by itself. So, guys, I, you're, you're about my age. I think Mike is a little younger. <laughs> I'm old enough where, to me, this was the action RPG franchise that square had it was final fantasy was turn-based in the mana series mana series was was the the action action rpgs like oh yeah you're playing this stuff out so in real bizarre because they, 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 I mean, they market since... it they market it so peacefully <laughs> <laughs> but they've since so many i mean even final fantasy now is gone like no this is this is kind of real-time action that it's like no this to me though was the one i'm like oh if you wanted to actually take full control of your character and, and play combat that you play it you play the mana games and the mana games you know yeah Am I crazy? No. Uh, no. But at the time, there wasn't really uh, as much of a, a distinction as far as I was concerned, just because this was like the only action RPG that I knew of was was Secret of Mana. So mm-hmm. it was like Secret of Mana was its own genre of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah I had, there were all these turn-based games that I could well, play I, at other, other places. I was such a big fan of Secret of Mana that I actually took a pass on Chrono Trigger because when I first saw those characters, I was convinced they were the characters from Secret of Mana. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. 
because the, the designs are so similar. And then when I found out that wasn't the case, like, well, that's lame. Why would they do that? And I didn't care mm-hmm. until years mm-hmm. later when it came to DS. Uh, oh wow, you waited that long? I did. Wow. I did. I did too. I didn't play Chrono Trigger till DS. What? It was also oh a very God. expensive game at the time. It was like eighty, I, ninety dollars. Guys, I've gone on record. I had a social life in high school. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I did see, stuff back. Then. See, I was in middle school when those games came uh, out, so it okay. was like very different, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, I was in high school too, about to graduate. So, uh, I would have been more interested in Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. There you go, Chris. There's a sand bite. <laughs> I think I said it on the show. I finally cleared this one off my backlog. I played through the entire game uh, a few weeks ago when we first went into quarantine and understood what all the hype was about. This is this is Metal Wolf Chaos. I think XD is the official designation yes. for the remake. Yeah, the, yeah. the Devolver Digital worked uh, intensely with From Software, which... Did not see the point of this, but there was enough interest that, you know, Devolver approached them and said, like, we want to make this a reality that people in the yeah. U.S. can play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, one of the most bizarre games ever to hit the Japanese Xbox is finally playable by actual Americans. Yeah, and and I'll say it holds up. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's got some weird stuff. Like there, there are definitely some difficulty spikes where you have to replay missions and grind through it. But like all in all, it's a super fun mech game with, uh, yeah. I mean, all the cheesy stuff we have, we've, we, we've talked about this game so much on the shows, but it's like, yeah, we still haven't figured out like, did they know, were they in on the joke or not? But all that stuff, when you're playing it, the oddly con- enough, the, it makes perfect sense why seems, they're doing it. It seems to say that they are, but I, I, Still, I still am baffled by it, but I, I, I'm down for anything where I can play as a, be- a better president than the one we have now. Yeah. Well, I, I think also like the this the, there's a, a clear silliness to the dialogue, but like to a Japanese person who didn't understand English, like this might just sound like really cool and grandiose, but to us it just sounds completely bizarre and absurd. Destroy all target areas. Annihilate the enemy force and make the liberation of San Francisco shine as a beacon of hope in your counteroffensive. This mission goes by the call name Metropolitan Recapture Operation from Cisco Sided Road. Good luck and Godspeed, Mr. President. Wait, from Cisco Signage Road? What did he say? Well, like that, adding the drum roll, that's the kind of stuff I'm like, having not played the original, I don't know if Devolver went and added that, or if that was in the original, I would have to believe, okay, it was all just a a piss take. This whole thing's a joke, you know? Well, uh, I'm sure there's there's a very overt, like, you know, silliness to it. Like, uh, it's the, the, the grand pomposity of the U.S. is seen through Japanese eyes and... I, I but, can't but be, I mean, I can't be sure. Very ceremonial. Devol- Devolver added a bunch of silliness to it. Mm-hmm. Did it? Okay. Yeah. That's well, what I mean, I was in terms of the like the cutscenes. Hmm. No, uh, nothing in terms of okay, the gameplay. Well, that's that's good to know. But th- I will say the gameplay. There's very little silliness in the actual gameplay itself. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's incredibly it's... violent. The president will slaughter <laughs> many members of his own military with a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. 
But it, but it's kind of like uh, playing like Russian Attack or something on NES, where it's like when you kill a dude, they just kind of like flop in the air and then disappear into I'm nowhere. Disappear, yeah. You know, they, they kind of do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but no, I, I, dude, this is a fun mech game, and it's one that like the mechanic, like the core mechanic, is brilliant. Where it's like your the shoulder buttons are mapped to your your kind of um, each side of the mech, and then you, you can you you go into each level choosing different weapons to equip in there, and it's like that's how you switch weapons on the fly, and it's it's a really smart way of doing it, and it's a uh, it. it creates a lot of like cool depth you know like in the combat itself i just so. i just love that all the guns are like mech sized conventional firearms like here's a mech sized shotgun with which right. must must be like just a gargantuan wooden stock like, <laughs> i know the fact that it has a stock and isn't just like an arm yeah, on it yeah. it's like no this is this is a this is an assault it's rifle. Like, but I, I have these huge pods full of guns on my shoulders. Why don't they just turn into guns? Why do I have to pull the guns out of them to shoot? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one other thing I, I will call this game out for is it's for even at the time like the destruction mechanics. Like you, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the part of the goals in every level are like now you got to blow up these targets, and so it's like there's so many destructible things in the game, which at the time wasn't as common as it, as it is now. Um, yeah. And and is really cool and really fun and it's like shit. I like I like blowing shit up. Hey, imagine that I'm an American. It's pretty great, <laughs> especially yeah. when you get to say things like the president does in the opening intro movie. What a big welcome! I'll make you just like perforated cheese. Bingo! Oh, it seems like they love you so much. Yeah. My missile show. punch. No problem. You guys are roast chicken. I often use that as a taunt. You guys are roast chicken. And we, we yeah. usually talk about this with movies, but there there is a sincerity to its goofiness to where, mm-hmm. like, it's not the same thing as, like, the opening of Saints Row. It really is. No. It's not. It's like, this is supposed to be a serious game where you're the president beating up the vice president <laughs> through multiple cities. And it's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not meant to be serious, their level of self-awareness is, it's like good wrestling. You're like, oh. I, I, I can't agree. It'd be, like, it'd be like if Japan invented Naked Gun 15 years before we did. <laughs> I, I don't think it so. Could be. Well, I mean, that one of the weirdest things is, is that it's from... Like the super mm-hmm. serious Dark, the Souls, Dark Souls guys, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are all about? Well, even, and, I mean, and, like it's a more like arcadey mech game than what they were actually bringing over to the U.S. All the Armored Core and Chrome yeah. Hounds, yeah. that it's shit. It's the opposite like, of hard. The the hardcore sim stuff, whereas this is is more just like yeah, just run around in a mech and shoot stuff. You're the president. It's great. I th- I think that was the reason they made the game. They were like, we're gonna we're gonna create a less sim mech game. Mm-hmm. And then fill it with some silly elements to make it feel like a big action movie, and it totally succeeds at that. Yes, you know it's because yeah. I, I have no interest in like, oh, I'm going to plot out and figure out the weights on my fucking mech and have to mm-hmm. do you know whatever. Like Steel Battalion was a really cool looking controller. I am not about to fuck with any of that shit. Yeah. You know, but uh, the arcadey stuff, I love that. Hell yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, so that has been our top five games that took forever to come to the U.S. Uh, obviously, there are some glaring omissions. Uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, for example, which... Uh, did anyone really give a shit about Gaiden? I didn't. I mean, we just talked about in 302010, the first Fire Emblem came out 30 years ago, and, like, 
fuck. We've never seen it. Yeah. Ever. Mm. I th- no, I think it's been uh, remade no, that, in the That US. one did come out. Yeah. Did it? It came out to DS, I think. Okay. Uh, Shadow, Shadow Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's one I, th- I think Micah would want to talk about, which is so... Earthbound Beginnings is, I believe, what it was called here, yes. right? Which was but basically it was just Mother. Called mother. Yeah. So Mother, yeah. Mother, yeah. the first game. Mother. Yeah. Man, that <laughs> shit is really bad. Does anybody talk about that? <laughs> well, it's 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 a prototype. Like basically, Earthbound yeah. just improved on everything. I mean, I and tried so to play it and I died so quickly. Like, ah, fuck this. Where am I supposed to heal? I, we, I can't. We streamed it, and Dave can stay alive for a long time, but it's repetitive as fuck. Mm-hmm. It is. It mm-hmm. is agonizing because like. There's some charm to Earthbound's presentation and their battle menus, but not if you never exit them. It, it's mm. and you don't. I really didn't like this game at all. It's yeah, nice I that we got feel it. The same and and I love uh, Mother Two and Mother Three. So mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a bummer because I had never tried this, and then it came out. And that, and and that's like, what's oh. bizarre is that we we got this translated, and Mother Three is the one like the good game people want to play. It's yeah. just Mother Three has problematic stuff in the storytelling, so they got they got to change things about the right. Majipsies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo just doesn't want to touch that kind of content, especially not these days. And uh, it it's a little just like outdated in how it represents uh, transgender people, and uh, mm. it's sort of problematic, but also just like a really uh, deep, touching story that uh, I love. So, so, yeah. Look, so you've seen never... the kind of flack that Nintendo catches when it quote unquote censors the quote unquote vagina bones of underage girls. Yeah, but those, uh, those people are more those people are to. those people are morons. And like, if they ha- if their parents are giving them money to buy games, they're not using it to buy games. Mm-hmm. They steal games. And 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 also like like a I forgot my point, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, wow, I did totally forget my point. I have, I have turned 40 and my brain has two, like, immediately. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Don't it's listen to me worst. anymore. I hate it. Do not listen to me anymore. And I'm also I, hammered and tired. Wow. I love you guys. Right. Um, well, on that note, we should probably all take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. I am a patient Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> Chris, you got your COVID-19 test, and you passed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes, I passed. By getting it. Um, but I, they probably didn't tell you you had it from an automated phone call. No. I was talking to real people the whole time. Right. So my lady friend uh, who works in, uh, I'll say, barbarism, hairdressing, uh, she <laughs> she has she has taken to making house calls outdoors in a, sanit- a sanitized situation. The guy she talked to 
showed her this automated message. Have you ever been given one of those spam calls? The police and the IRS are aware of your misdoings and like it's a robot, right? Yes. You've had one of those. Oh, yeah. So he said, like, listen to this fucking phone call I got. I can't. And it sounds just like that. An individual who has tested positive for COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, has identified you as a close contact. It is imperative that you promptly take the following actions to protect your health and the health of others. Please self-isolate immediately in your home. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a text-to-speech program, but I get a, I get a ton of these. And this one sounds just as fake as that, but it's still like, that has to be the scariest 15 seconds. Oh. And then, and then of course, like the dude's like freaking out. Who the fuck could this have been? I can imagine this is an automated test, and they just added in my number because they didn't want to go through the personal shame of telling me I should continue oh. to listen. You are especially at risk because you have a tiny wiener. It is so small, and therefore you will become much thicker than an individual who had all, let's say, even an average size or slightly below average size weenie because your weenie <laughs> is so tiny. The CDC is reporting nearly a 100% death rate for people like you who have small wieners. This is especially troublesome for you because your weenie is the smallest weenie in the whole world. <laughs> so this is real because this dude still doesn't know who sent this to him. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My funky. However, if you'll indulge me, I wanted to throw it back to the patrons of patreon.com slash laser time who chimed in with their Phantom Menace anecdotes, what happened after they saw it, because this, uh, this I'm equally fascinated by. The 16 years in between Star Wars and the three years between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Do you, do you approach Attack of the Clones like a hot stove? Like, oh, I don't want to get burned again. Oh. <laughs> I guess because like most of our listeners are younger than me specifically. They had no problem with Phantom Menace in the theater. And I'm saying, yeah. once again, that's fine. I love a lot of bad movies too, and I will defend them to death, so go for it. Sure. Um, <laughs> Calamari says, I was working at a Target uh, as a stalker at the time. I remember we opened up a box of nothing but Jar Jar dolls. You know, the kind with the bull string. And, of course, uh, we had to try one. Not knowing the character's speech patterns, everyone on the floor swore up and down. They heard the doll saying, hello, me's a cocksucker, B. My <laughs> 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 Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. And welcome back to our final segment, and in our usual delaying tactics before I hit the button. Chris, you said no, you wanted to ask us something. I did. I did, because okay. there, something really stupid occurred to me uh, on both bonus time um, and, and and thirty twenty ten. We're talking about Spaced Invaders' 30th anniversary this week. Spaced did anybody Invaders. see the movie Spaced Invaders? The title is familiar. I don't Rem- Remind me, yeah. yeah. It, is. it is five aliens who fall to Earth. They come to Earth because they hear War of the Worlds being broadcast. <laughs> on Halloween and assume like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Let's, let's go fuck this earth up with, with the rest of our friends. And, uh, 
but every, it's Halloween, so everyone assumes they're kids in costumes. It's mm. not good. It's pretty terrible. And and what that made me think of, and, and I asked Sarah on bonus time, what is the oldest piece of swag that you that, that you kept with yourself despite like not having any affinity towards it? And I told a story, blah, 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 of like, I went to a video store in 1990 and you could just take standees when they were done or like those big displays. <laughs> and my room was decorated in like RoboCop 2 and Men at Work displays. Yeah. And this, this, those Space Invaders stayed up for 10, over 10 years of my, oh my life. God, I'm looking at the poster right now. It's I remember it immediately. It's like, oh, yeah, it's that one with the, the aliens looking stupid surfing on a rocket. Yes. yes, and I remembered I went to the I went to the fair in like 1993, and they gave me a poster of the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior, and I just put it on my wall, mm. and it stayed there for like three fucking years. And I was trying to think like we we've all worked in the games industry, and so we kind of are very selective with our swag slash swat eighty percent of it to the ground. Mm-hmm. But when you were yeah. a little kid, did you get something that like hung around your room, even if it's like a Happy Meal thing, that like. Just stayed in your life for way too fucking long. Yes, it was just this- I'm, I'm so glad you asked this because I have something similar to yours that was in my room way too long that I never saw the movie. But my friends did that where they went to a video store and I guess it was like, hey, we got to get rid of this standee. You get you kids want this. They gave me a standee for Shoot to Kill, the 1988 crime what? thriller starring Sidney Poitier and Tom Berenger. <laughs> 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 that was in my room, so I must have gotten it around 88 or 89, wow. so I was like 10 yeah, or 11. I, I had a full Tales from the Dark Side poster, and then like around 1997, someone was like, oh, that movie's pretty good. You seen it? I'm like, actually, no. I, I, I got it for free, and it looks so fucking cool. I put it on my wall. I've never seen this movie. I've seen it since then, but like, yeah, I had it on my wall forever. Yeah. But if you went, if you went to like Warp Tour or like there was some promotion at your fair or your mall. Like, did you have anything that like hung around your fucking just that you had on your wall for way too long? I have one right now that I can, I can turn around and it's on a shelf behind me. And I don't know why is I got it at, at a BlizzCon, but it's the, um, the space Marine. I have a space Marine from a BlizzCon. It's like, I don't play Starcraft games. I have no affinity <laughs> for this franchise, but it's like, I know that it, people love this shit and it's kind of this cool looking it's like a, a chibi version of a space marine like a little little you know figurine or whatever but it's like mm. i i don't give a fuck about about any of this why would i have this here but yeah i have it i know yeah. i know it's a tough question <laughs> for michael i, I have, just I i'm stuff like about that the now like in my game room there's like a a figurine of a darkling from the darkness too and it's just like <laughs> i didn't even particularly like the darkness too i hated that character why do i have this because <laughs> like, i got it like out of the oxm prize closet which we, we raided when the magazine went under and yeah, that was and so I, yeah i just have all this shit from my previous job that uh it's like well i, I keep looking and it's like well this is probably valuable maybe i could try to ebay it but i shouldn't because i got it for free but what are the what's the ethics of that i don't know so it just sits there for years <laughs> i have a uh, skate skate deck from skate two or skate oh, three from yeah. uh from the first pax east back in 2010 uh we went there with game explain actually when we right after we launched the site and uh that was our first like big show that we covered and mm. one of the guys was really good at video games we were we originally launched game explain as like a guides site so we focused on guides and uh he just kicked ass at this skate demo that they had there and we won this skate deck and it's been sitting in my closet for 10 years um, oh, wow. in in the wrapper and i 
I just cleaned out my closet recently and was like, oh, I could sell this. And I checked on eBay and yeah, it's actually worth a bunch of money. That's awesome. I could sell it. I have a, I have a Witcher three skateboard that I was like at first saving, but I'm like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to use this thing. And it's awesome. Like this big, it's a long skate, you know, the most valuable thing I have that I don't have a lot of affinity toward. And you'll understand why, um, because you host a podcast called sick of star Wars, Chris. So I know this is valuable. I have a signed star Wars poster signed by George Lucas and the entire cast, unfortunately, it's of episode two, oh, <laughs> the worst no. Star Wars. Oh movie. no! I mean, or or fortunately, I don't know. That might make it more valuable. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. Just the uh, despair so, factor. So yeah, it's got Lucas on there, <laughs> Hayden Christensen, and Natalie Portman signed an episode two poster. Wow. That I have. Yeah. Wow, and then I don't know. I was thinking about that because like those space invaders, like. I think they didn't come down until I moved. I thought they were cool enough to stay up <laughs> for, for a really long, really long time into my 20s. That's yeah, how starved it, we were for video game shit in like well, yeah, regular yeah. Like, mm-hmm. pop culture. There wasn't merchandise for things that we liked. And I remember I went to Warp Tour in adults. They weren't Adult Swim. It was just Cartoon Network. And their only original show was Space Ghost. And they handed out a sticker that said, and I put it on my lamp that I still, it was my dad's lamp. So it's like this fucking, mm-hmm. it looks like something you'd have like next to your bunker in Vietnam. <laughs> and I, I, I put it on there and it says, it, I thought, I always thought it said Space Ghost is King Dead. And I didn't notice it was blanking out fucking. Oh, fucking yeah. And, yeah. and like, it was like they were announcing via sticker at Warp Tour that Space Ghost was canceled. <laughs> and and I, I've, I've had it on my lamp for over 20 years. Um, oh jeez, and uh, yeah, I just I just got in this weird nostalgic thing for like b- before I was in the games industry, like every swag was like way more meaningful. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Briscoe County Junior poster, please. I love. I didn't know who Bruce Campbell was, and he looked at me for like two years. And <laughs> really, you didn't watch that? Oh man, I love that show. No, that no, was, I never saw. It. I never awesome saw it. But show. like, but nobody was giving me posters, so I just took it. <laughs> and, well, this is gonna sound super elitist and, and stuck up, so I'm sorry in advance. But it's like once you're like in games industry or entertainment industry like it's like when when loot crate would ship their stuff you're like i don't want any of this stuff this stuff's worthless but you can understand how someone like out of the industry is like oh this is these are like kind of cool little promo things and you're like no i i create these for a living i no, i'm not no this is just junk that i'm gonna loot crate was basing their business model off of like leftover swag that uh, game companies had after conventions and they were like what do we do with all this swag we'll just give it sell it to loot crate and they'll give it out donate it to to villagers and Remote parts of Africa, along with the. I deep remember shirts. opening up one of those things like, ah, oh, it's a spoon autographed by the soup Nazi. <laughs> like, I, I can't. It hurts too much to throw this away, but I don't want this. <laughs> you gave that, some of that stuff to me instead, so I'm like, now I have the shark autographed by Tara Reed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I come like across cigarettes? it every so often. I'm like, oh yeah. This thing is still, and, and I will say, and like, and this is, I, it's rarefied air. I, I don't know that anybody had uh, has this luxury. When people come over and actually give a shit, it's, it, I feel like I'm dying, and I'm like, uh, oh shit, is that an autographed Space Invaders 20th anniversary thing from the Creator Space Invaders? I'm like, I don't know who the Creator Space Invaders is. Do you want it? <laughs> and like, take it, just, just take it. And like, hey, you can't just give this away. I'm like, just take it, man. I don't want. Please I, take like, it. Yeah, the like, curse I would is rather yours make. Now. I would rather make your day than drive to the post office to make 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And 
take it. Yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations, gentlemen. Uh, let's do a toast. This was the longest stall we've ever done. Hell yes! <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was worth it. You all seemed excited, so don't cut it this was out. Fun. We won't cut it out. But it is time for. Oh boy, who's played Trials of Mana? Is there anything we can say about that that we haven't already? Uh, no. Um, My it God. looks looks kind of neat. It's pretty it looks, good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I played as a beast man named Kevin, who turns <laughs> into a werewolf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has to go to the city of Wendell. I hope it's Kevin from The Office. Oh, there better not be a full moon out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. He turns into a werewolf every time he gets in a fight. <laughs> Every time I turn into a werewolf, I spill the chili. I'm Jesse Ventura now. I am mixing up my impression. (laughs) I I was doing my Predator, Jesse Ventura, uh, which is another new release we'll get to. But, Michael, you you were saying that with with Trials of Mana, and, and dude, I actually kind of hate the fact that they named it that because every time someone says Trials now, I think of the (laughs) motorcycle It's like, wait, are we putting out a new game? Nobody told me. I work for Ubisoft, (laughs) full disclosure. Uh, <laughs> you said you said that, and I thought I had to look forward to like, oh, Michael's going to give us fucking new motorcycle game this week. I'm so, and I'm like on when and went to, on Wednesday morning. I'm like, Michael, where's the game? He's like, you mean Trials of Mana? I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> I, oh, because I don't know the mana. I'm not in with the mana games. Yeah. Mm. This is the one where there are six playable characters, and uh, but it's it, like the the new version is uh, remarkably similar to the original. It's just in 3D. Uh, with more jumping and I was gonna ask that. Uh, environmental puzzle solving and and crates that you can break and stuff like that but for the most part it's it's you know very much a hack and slash button mashy combat thing uh, I think you can you can set up behaviors for your AI squad mates when you're not controlling them but you can instantly Ooh. switch between characters and you, you can have up to three which you pick at the very beginning of the game. So there's there's an incentive to play through at least twice because uh, if you pick three different characters on each playthrough, then you get to see three different uh, origin stories. See now that the, the auto behaviors that's what we were saying last week is is uh, seven remake could have used a little bit it was that kind of the system where you're programming the other characters like here act this way so uh, when I'm not controlling you. I I actually think that you don't want that in seven remake ultimately mm. just. Uh, it, it doesn't come across until you're really deep into that game how you're supposed to play it, I think. Mm-hmm. Initially, you feel like, yeah, I definitely want to be able to tell them to to give better commands so that they just, the AI handle stuff. But later on, you realize, like, the, the combat is supposed to be swapping between the characters constantly. Mm-hmm. Are you talking That's about fair. Trials or Final Fantasy? No, no, FF7, sorry. Trials, it's an interesting case where that game, if... It's so similar to the original mm-hmm. uh, that it feels a little weird after FF7 Remake, which it is does, so removed yeah. from the original. Did um, you guys both play uh, last year's release, finally, of Trials of Mana when it came in, in the collection? It's so funny yeah, that I, I didn't. <laughs> after all these years of, of wanting to play that game yeah. and not yeah, in same, emulated like, get, form. Getting back to it, it's just like, well, this is... It's an old game now, and it's kind of hard to get into. And, like, I think I've tried to play it, like, six or seven times. And except, like, it's finally, to to my discredit, I've been playing as Hawkeye, the thief, every single time. Because, like, well, thieves are cool. But but I always get bored and and fall off. That's fantastic. Thanks for playing as me, Michael. I really appreciate it. And (laughs) then... 
And then I play as Kevin the Beast Man, and it's just like, oh, this is actually really fun. I'm, this is more action right at the start instead of wandering around chatting with people. So I'm 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 kind of more hooked now. So maybe maybe yeah. I'll actually get deeply into it this time. Who knows? See, I, I played as the Trapper John class, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. had a completely different yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. That's a mash joke for I, all you yes. youngins out there. <laughs> oh, oh no, I got it. I, I loud and clear. Oh, oh, over here. Thank you. Yeah, Micah, we we do love us some Final Fantasy VII around here. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I got it. By the way, so I started playing it, yes, and you guys were not wrong. You were not long, wrong. Um, I so I want I want to get called out. I, I think I think I might have a controversial take oh. on this one, uh, but it's not a bad thing because I. So here's my take on on Seven Remake and Michael. I think I told you a little bit of this. I think if it didn't have the nostalgia factor of the characters and story and setting that we love, mm-hmm. um, Seven Remake to me feels a lot like thirteen in some ways like it is a series of story tubes mm-hmm. oh you, you didn't you didn't let me finish that this game from last week this game is kingdom hearts yes mm-hmm. it yes is. It, yeah like, yeah in, that, in yeah. that it tries to do every goddamn little thing you can do and turn it into some kind of gamified thing yeah. which it's not and it sucks but it's better than anything in kingdom hearts has ever been but but yeah so that's the thing is like if it if it were like all new characters and all new setting, I don't think people would love it as much as they do. But you can't just take out elements of it. You have to evaluate a thing. If they called it something like Metropolis of Mana, (laughs) and it was not Final Fantasy, it would probably be a big hit. But uh, I think I think this thing would be like a, you know, eight type scores, you know, if it was all new characters. But because we do have to evaluate it as a whole and with the characters we know and love and stuff like it is it is one of the best RPGs I've played in recent memory mm-hmm. because it's yep. like yeah. it does it does exactly what I wanted, which is I want to explore more about the characters of seven, mm-hmm. you know, and see more of this I'm, world. I'm and... really eager for you guys to finish it because I really want to yeah. talk about that ending with some. Me too. <laughs> okay. Uh, without, 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 I, I, I have never finished Final Fantasy seven. Obviously I have some, uh, just prognosis nostalgia for it, just from knowing who those characters are and having played them in other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. It's so deliciously weird and polished. I I still have it up there as my game of the year. But do you guys and, know what I'm saying though? Like there are large I sections yeah. where you're just walking through a story so, tube, yes. and there's no, no enemies I'm, or I'm anything. Walk, it's I'm actually walking. super linear. Um, yeah, but that's because it's the first few hours of a game that then opens up, right? So it's translating the first few hours of Final Fantasy VII, which are fairly linear, and yeah. then open up once you leave Midgar basically right so you might um, be on, under Michael's camp of thinking where he he wants the next game to be like an open world ish I think it game. will be mm. I, I think there's no question that, that the next game will be very okay. different from this again, game again not to get too spoilery but there are some hints that it might be okay yeah. okay I mean but I actually really appreciate it I felt like it was refreshing the way that the story was told in this and partially the story is just good, you know, like the Final Fantasy VII story is okay, and I think they did a great job of updating it. The mm-hmm. characterization's a lot deeper, mm-hmm. and so you 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 get you not only get to spend more time with these characters that you liked before, but it's actually fun to spend more time with them. And yeah. they they're really interesting and and compelling as companions for you along your journey. Yeah. Usually I just don't like game stories. I don't like listening to video game characters talk. I, uh, it's stuff that I'm just like, just shut up. Let me do something else. And yeah. this game, I found it to be like 
a joy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see why I like Remnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me play. It is. Um, it is. I'll say I, I went back and I played some of the original Final Fantasy VII after finishing it. And first off, I want to say like my first hour covers roughly the first three to four hours in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it's like mm-hmm. I'm an hour and I'm already like, okay, time to go blow up the second reactor. It's like, oh, we're there already. Okay, great. Um, and second, like, oh my god, that dialogue would have probably resonated with me when I was a college student in 1997. Uh, now it's just like, this sounds like, this reads like a teenager trying to write uh, tough guy dialogue. Right? Yeah. It's, well, it was criticized at the time for the localization, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, it was super fast localization. Yeah. It was one guy, right? And oh, he didn't man. have time to do everything. And um, it, it was a very tricky script, too. Oh, sure. And like even now you know i played it with the the subtitles and and japanese voice for final fantasy 7 remake like that is a really well adapted script it is so different mm. from the japanese dialogue and almost every line mm. almost everything they say in japanese like they had to do a lot of localization work to adapt it over to english full credit to the voice actors for the english uh track on the remake the, at least the female characters are amazing uh, the cloud character is what it is it's like he barely speaks and when he does he's trying to sound aloof yeah. and tough guy but uh, the the woman who plays Aerith, amazing. The woman who plays Tifa, amazing. Um, Barrett, I mean, he's got some cheesy lines to deliver, but he does a good job too. I, you know, give I'm it not going to do a Barrett impression. I don't want to get fired <laughs> <laughs> from your own podcast network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's everything you guys were saying. I um, I uh, yeah, I love it. I can't wait to finish it. And then, uh, quick plug: Michael and I and Chris have already agreed when we do all finish it. There will definitely be a spoiler cast yes. of Apocalypse Gaiden. Patreon uh, only. Subscribe yes. now and be ahead exactly. of the curve. <laughs> Where we will talk all about the plot, break it down. Oh, so. hell yes, we will. Yeah, it's, it's really, at, this, at the same time, at the same time, we're doing Sick of Star Wars, and I fucking hate, I hate George Lucas assuming I care about who these characters will become. I've spent so much time with the characters from Final Fantasy VII through the course of playing other Square games. I, I am on, like, with bated breath, like looking forward to seeing more of the story for the first time because I never experienced well, seven. It, in its it's entirety. the first. It's the first time where they've expanded on the story that I gave a shit because I I saw Advent Children when it came out and that movie was bad. That I was saw, a, I saw it in the Dolby Theater and it got it got light applause like a fucking child. Like playing, <laughs> like, this like game playing, looks better yeah. than Advent Children, which is saying yeah, something. Although, like looking back at Advent Children, it's like, oh, I think they they reused some of the models from the movie because like Reno and Rude look exactly the same in remake yeah, as Reno they did does, in yeah. Advent Children, for example. Well, this game makes sense, which is something mm-hmm. Advent Children didn't do at the time, so Fair. it's got that yeah. going mm-hmm. for it. Um, but yeah, I can't, I cannot wait to finish it. It's, um, it is a masterclass definitely on our, on my, at least personal, like best of the year so far yes. list. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's actually my, one of my favorite games of the last 10 years, oh, damn. I'd say, Shit. Uh, and, you know, I love, I love the first game, the original game, but I, I like this one better. I, I, I can honestly say that after finishing it, like yeah. the storytelling is just better in a way that. Uh, really elevates the original material, and I really hope the, that the future games actually come out. That's my biggest fear is that they won't, like, or that it'll be five years till part two, and then we'll never get past that. I, I do have some nitpicky complaint type things that I was telling you, Michael. Is like I, 
I wish there was more RPG stuff there. Mm-hmm. Like the materia system is is fine, but I feel like it does try to because you you, you level up the materia, it kind of like is like well, you kind of got to stick with what you've leveled up because by the time you're further progressing the story, it's really tough to slot level one materia and try to level yeah. it. But I do love things like the the elemental materia, which is like you you slot it next to like a fire or ice materia yep. and then imbues your attacks with that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, super I, powerful. Again, I think a lot of that is it due due to it be trying to be the first part of this thing. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of that stuff is alleviated later in the game. You'll ah, see okay. the the RPG mechanics kind of expand a little bit. That's good. And how you leverage materia expands a little bit over the course of the game. So you're not just like trying to stick to the same few. You're actually trying to get everything leveled up as much as you can. I've, I've been doing that from the start, thankfully, just because that's kind of how I play these games. But so even with the, um, you know how you can level up the weapons and, and kind of choose the uh, character augmentations as you go. Um, even that feels like, well, it kind of is steering me down a certain path. Like it, it, it's almost the illusion of choice. I feel mm. like it could have been a little better there. And then some of my favorite a stuff game in the game. You can... Showcasing the illusion of choice? <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite parts in the game, and you can call me crazy, are the fetch questy stuff that they have you doing in like Sector Seven or even in Chapter mm. Nine, where it's like I wish, I wish there were more sections where it stopped the story tube stuff and let you do some side mission stuff for a while. Like I, I, I could use a bit more of that in this game. But again, super nitpicky stuff. Mm. Like yeah. I, I, the, I mean, there's the specific times when it it uh, does that, and it says, "Hey, now it's time for uh, side quests," and then yeah, and then it takes you back to the main story, and you start going. But again. but even then, um, I, I guess like in the game like Witcher Three, which is a little different, uh, hard to compare because it's open world, is like I feel like I can choose to do that side stuff or go off and do something else. Whereas with with Seven Remake, and I know this to be the case, it's like no, no, this is when you have to either do all of that stuff or you cannot go back to that stuff. Oh yeah, like, you're you'll just gonna move it. on. Yeah. You'll yeah, miss you're it for miss sure, it. and then uh, you're screwed. Like, the, the only time. <laughs> You can miss weapons. A side quest kind of stuck in my craw is like there's this part in chapter nine where there's this this cowboy named Chocobo Sam and he's like, all right, I set up some <laughs> cool activities for you, so go have yourself a fun night. <laughs> and then you go out and like within five minutes, eh, I'm a pharmacist. Want to help me deliver medicine to sick people? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> but that's a that's a quest line from the original, right? Was so. it? <laughs> and even then, I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> Even then, you have to find, like, one specific person. And meanwhile, I've found in that area, like, three or four people throwing up in alleys. I'm like, oh, was was I supposed to have been able to deliver medicine to all of these guys? And I just couldn't. Like, Yeah, it's, it's actually based on the levels of your materia at that oh, really? point. So ah. it, it's based on uh, one of them's based on your cure or, sorry, your fire materia. When you go right. to the, the restaurant, right, he asks you to, like, assess uh, what the... Right. What right. You, you try and diagnose the problem there, and then you go to the pharmacy, and that's based on your cleansing materia. That um, part of the game is actually, I've, I've read now, just to spoil it a little bit for, for you guys, and it's not a story spoiler, is like, depending on some choices you make in Chapter 9, you'll either be doing missions for Chocobo Sam, which it sounds like, yep. Michael, you and I were, mm-hmm. or uh, Madam M., Right, and if you if you want a hundred percent the game, you have to beat it and then go back and do the other. uh, I I was just surprised that the sexy hand massage parlor is just a place where they massage your hands. Yeah, (laughs) I mean that's the joke, right? It's really funny. I I found it hilarious, but I had had no idea my dad was telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah. Sorry to to go on. I feel like 
Seven deserves us, yeah. really. You kind of ran And it deserves a whole long. other secret episode, which we'll do. Um, nice. For now, though, uh, fi- fan- anybody else besides me play Fantasy Star Online 2? It's free. I, dude, I downloaded it. Oh, I just could not pull, I could not bring myself to play in this thing. I was I'll, like, ah. I'll play it when it comes to PC. Why would we play this game now? Because it's free. And it's, uh, it's a lot like Final Fantasy Online 1. Except that there's more characters and a lot more chat in the early parts of Are the game. Are you saying I need the modem expansion for my Dreamcast? You do. You need to buy the modem expansion and the special keyboard that plugs into your but, Dreamcast. Oh, man. If Fantasy Star Online 1 wasn't one of the best experiences I, I ever had mm-hmm. gaming, I... <laughs> yeah, because it was new. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, the genre has since progressed past it. You know, it's... I don't know. I, I, I will eventually play this, but it, it just... Feels so old and looks so old compared it's to other fine. It's very there. hacky slashy. Okay, I've I've always been interested to check it out. Okay. I mean, it's been like one of those yeah. holy grail games. So why not why not try sure. it once it's here? Sure. Yeah. And um, let's see what else we've talked about: Trials of Mana, XCOM, Chimera Squad, the surprise XCOM game that was first announced. If you last have week. any interest. Buy it now. It's under that promo pricing. It's ten bucks now. It's going to be twenty later. Yeah. So if if you want it, get mm-hmm. it now. Is this like a traditional XCOM combat or traditional like a, a modern traditional so, yeah. XCOM game? Uh, a little bit in in that it, how it plays. Yes, but yeah. you play as both humans and aliens. Yeah, the chimeras. Mm-hmm. Well, they they were sort of introduced in uh, what like War of the Chosen, I think the the XCOM expansion yes. where you meet like. Yeah, there there are half human, uh, half alien defectors who join your your side. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I don't even know what to call this. It, it feels to me like a let's call it a standalone expansion. Mm. Like it very much feels like that. Like it's 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 not meant to be a true sequel. It seems like it's a, a shorter experience than than two. But it's been a while since two. Now it's been what five years, four years. So why not? Yeah, you know. But it's it's cool that it's it's out. But it it was the. The reveal was a little strange. Like we're getting into that that's like a mobile game. Like the 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 space with mobile games from announce to launch is typically very short, like a couple weeks at most. So yeah, yeah. this is a little little odd. Um and uh do you know anything about Predator Hunting Grounds? Well, I know it's it's an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one one person plays. From the, the people who made Friday the thirteenth game. It was fucking oh, okay. great, right? Great. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I um I did not hear kind things after the beta that that ran earlier in the month, mm. but uh, yeah, it, hey, when was the last time we had a, a, a Predator game even to talk about? So so why not? Yeah. We're a good Predator. It's a, it's a PS4 exclusive. That's so weird. Is that's it really so weird to me? Yeah, or, I mean, MPC, PS4. It's, and that's MPC. weird because it's an American company, right? If it was a Japanese company, right. that seems to be what they do. And, and I uh, know, but it's a it's Sony published, I think. It's Sony oh. published of a Disney property. <laughs> Disney, oh, love it. shit, Jesus! Yeah. Sorry to bring well, that Disney, up. Disney Disney needs the money, so hopefully it does well. I know they have no nothing on. They really don't have any way to make money right now. It's hilarious. Their biggest <laughs> revenue streams are, are their parks and their cruise lines, right? And those are both Oof. defunct right now. And so their movie theaters rough. are dead, and their TV yeah. stations are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing they have a streaming service that features Blackbeard's ghost. Yeah. Hell, I mean, yes. Peter Usenoff will help him win that track meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 That's a good Usenoff. Good job, dude. I love it. <laughs> I've watched that movie so much as a kid. I say, uh, stop give me the that coach. and 
fortune give me that and bed knobs and broomsticks I, I will watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks all fucking day long. Yes, I will the, watch Dick Van Lesbian in anything. <laughs> look, Bedknobs and Broomsticks is the actual sequel to Mary Poppins. Fuck that thing that I agree. came out recently. It's, it's better than Mary Poppins, obviously. But nah, Micah, you're the best person we've ever had on the show. This is the most astute <laughs> option. With all the I've marching suits of armor fighting Nazis oh my is simultaneously amazing. terrifying and inspiring. So good. Um, I will just say this about Predator Hunting Grounds is who knew we would peak at Predator 2. Yeah, I fucking said it. Peak at Predator <gasps> Predators Peak. was okay. Eh. The Predator <laughs> is terrible. I'm sorry. Look, dude, in Predator 2, the movie opens with the dude snorting so much cocaine that it covers his entire face because it's just sticking to I his know, my, fa- my favorite part about that movie is like, in the year 1990, I'm like, Jesus, that's 18 <laughs> months from now. Why would you do this? So all cops dressed like, com- all cops dressed like members of Color Me Bad? That's, that's why this is different? It's great. What a great movie. Need to rewatch that. Oh, it's it's uh, worth it. I love it. All right. Unless there are any other new releases to talk about, we should move along too. As I am want to do the past few weeks, mm-hmm. I would like to do news kind of – I do a little bit of good news and then maybe some bad news and then kind of alternate off. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. You, got, yeah. you got to take yeah. the, the bad with the good. So I'm going to start with some uh, some good news to open up. Um, COVID-19 has been pretty great for the games industry so far. Uh, it's – you know, uh, obviously there's so many bad news stories about like unemployment rates spiking and stuff. But I think while people were employed and had the money and were told to stay indoors – they played them some video games and it resulted in March being like one or, or March and April being some of the biggest months uh, in recent history for games. So first off, Animal Crossing smashed uh, sales records. Mm-hmm. It is the third highest uh, Nintendo Switch physical sales game um, next to or I'm sorry, third highest Nintendo's physical sales game after like some Smash Bros titles. But they did not include digital titles, which, as you can imagine, um, because it's so hard to get physical copies of the game, most people probably bought that digitally. I think Animal Crossing might end up to be the highest-selling Nintendo game of all time in its launch window. Goddamn. Yeah, in the in the first month, it it essentially probably is. I mean, you could make a case for uh, Smash Bros. Uh, Ultimate on Switch because that had 20 days uh, of sales versus the 10 days that Animal Crossing had. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this thing has already sold. I want to say it's like even, 5 million. Even copies legendary alpha male Paul F. Tompkins has been tweeting about his experiences with the children's animal game. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I, I, nice. If you haven't seen the sad late night monologues occurring from the host living room, mm-hmm. an Animal Crossing punchline occurs every other sentence. Wow. Just because, like, it is. It is Animal Crossing has never been a household name, and it, no, right no. now it is. Well, sa- sales of this version have outsold lifetime sales of every other Animal Crossing game to date. Wow, think about I that don't, shit. I don't disagree because hmm. I remember New Leaf. A lot of people played New Leaf too. You know, don't don't forget the DS was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. New Leaf yeah, was yeah. was a big game. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's it, this is only in in a few uh, relatively short time. It's 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 setting sales records. I think it'll be one of the highest selling games uh, of Nintendo history. Um, to to go along with that, the Switch is doing amazing. So, 
March was the best uh, month for Nintendo hardware and some of the best month for games hardware ever. But um, this was the highest Q1 unit sales for any Nintendo hardware platform since the DS in 2010. So um, it, it, you know, switches were really hard to come by too. You know, was once, that, once everyone was kind of. Did I say that on on this show? I, I'm really drunk right now. Uh, my my friend posted all her Mario merchandise online. Did I say that? No. No. Her, her six-year-old son's Mario, he, he like, he's stuck in a house, and he just piled all of his Mario stuff because he's obsessed with Mario. He's six years old. Uh, and, and and I just took a picture of, like, almost any corner of my house. I'm like, yeah, it gets a little sadder when you're an adult. <laughs> and under un, underneath her picture was like, where did you get all that stuff? Can my kid come over to your house? Oh, my God, where did you get Nintendo stuff right now? There's so, like, it, like, it didn't occur to them, like, I've been... You know, collecting Nintendo stuff over a period of like fifty fucking years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but like, also like, where did you get Nintendo? Like, I want to get the Switch so bad, and like, I just heard from all these fucking mothers who can't find a Switch Mother. anywhere. Like, the yeah, Switch I, is gone. I read something like that. There's, there's like a bunch of somebody figured out. There's a ton of reseller bots that will just buy it out the second it goes on sale. And Man, and for whatever reason, shit. they're only targeting the console version. They're not targeting the Switch Lite. So you can apparently still get those. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Switch Lite just doesn't flip for as much. So another one of my Facebook yeah. posts was was showed showcased the Final Fantasy VII remake physical version is already going on eBay for like one hundred and eighty dollars. Even though, like, where I'm at, I saw it today in in public. But like, if you're not in a larger city, like with a store that's open like what the fuck are you gonna do and there's certain people who won't buy buy digital at all and and it's it's very strange that that feels like way more of a the mad max society of quarantine or of a plague should drive you to where a mm. game that cost me 55 dollars is costing people 200 dollars. yeah and they're spending it because they want to play freaking video games yes <laughs> well yeah because they have nothing else to do here's to give you an indication like so this year so far had been a down year because it was the end of the console generation, you know, for Xbox uh, One and, and PS4. But in March alone, hardware sales were up 63% from March 2019 uh, to $461 million. Switch sales doubled. And then even PS4 and Xbox One, which were on a pretty steep decline because, again, they got new systems coming, 25% rise for each of those. So, um yeah, overall, hardware spending for the quarter is up even over last year, which is not supposed to happen. This is supposed to be the end of the generation. It's well, not supposed to This was go up. Switch's best month ever. Yeah. And uh, that that puts it at, you know, like almost a million units sold, wow. probably. Um, in a month. Yeah. In a month when they have supply issues, too. Yeah. And, and they're, they're out of Switches right now. And, and so we are talking about how COVID has been good to the games industry. We may see the, the down, downward trend of that. I mean, uh, we, I, well, I we, think, we, we will when the new consoles million plus unemployed. Yeah, yeah eventually we'll, that will catch well, up. There was a news but. story recently that Nintendo's ramping up Switch production also so they are it just yeah. take they and they they had been moving their production out of china to singapore i believe yeah. um over a period of months in 2019 but i don't think that was fully ramped up yet and um so like switches are out in japan and they had they had been for a little while and then they had a wave of them for animal crossing and now they're out again um yeah there there are people on facebook who i exclusively have angry political conversations with you're like 
Hey man, can you help me get a switch? My yeah. daughters are really like a switch. Uh, yeah, I'd love to help. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to help these people. Oh, you, you don't have the uh, bot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so again, a little bad news now. Um, and this is mostly bad news for Nvidia. So, GeForce now keeps losing more and more games. So this time, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, Xbox Game Studios, Codemasters, and Klee Entertainment uh, all removed games um, by Friday, April twenty fourth. So today, as you're listening to this, um, and all Nvidia could say in their official statement about the matter was, and this is the saddest shit I've ever seen in an official statement. We hope they'll return in the future. Like that was. How I, I think that what they're saying there is they're probably negotiating. Yeah, I'm they're sure trying they're to negotiate I, contracts I right, to get everyone back. Understand because like GeForce Now is not like a centralized streaming service like Stadia. It it yeah. you know you have to have bought the games on something like Steam for it to it's work. A, it's a digital locker. I I think Stadia probably has better sales pitches mm. or something to to these publishers. We, we've talked about this on the show like if you yeah, if you truly understand how GeForce now works, it feels to me like Nvidia is getting fucked mm. because yeah, they are not They are. They are basically the publishers are trying to to double charge. It's like they're getting the money from the Steam sales of those games because all GeForce now is play your Steam library from the cloud. Yep. And now it seems like because they're pulling these games out, they're charging Nvidia for streaming rights to those things that they've already gotten money for, which does feel a little weird. Mm. Now, yeah, uh, Nvidia like the whole the weird thing about this to me is like. Did they not see this coming? Like, because this all happened after the service went into its opening. They must data. have not done a good job. Uh, again, I think this all comes back to like contracts and stuff. I, I think they weren't communicating well with with publishers about what the service was going to be. Because um, it, it, I've seen a lot of Schadenfreude out there about the failure of GeForce Now, which I think is kind of lame. Like, this is a service that is good for gamers, right. especially if you're a, a Mac owner. Mm. Um, I have friends who only own Macs, and and they can actually play Michael. PC games yeah. uh, that way. I, I first um, played it actually on Mac. The beta was on Mac for years before they opened yeah. it up to PC. Um, yeah, it's better. So, yeah, if you're a consumer who has invested for years and years in a Steam library, this is the better option because it's like, well, you don't have to buy new shit. Whereas Stadia is like, you can't play anything unless you, you either A, subscribe to their premium tier or B, buy it. it you know, it's weird. I, I always said, I think if NVIDIA wanted to fight this in court, they'd win. It would just take years. And... If, yeah. if, if if this is going to be the backlash, because it's all these people who just want to sell you a Switch version of the game you've already bought for $30. Mm. Yeah. They don't want you to have access to the game you paid for already on anything. Uh, yeah. on, uh, sorry, on everything, which is what this is opening up yeah. things up to. The good news is, so I signed up for the premium tier of this, which we've talked about on the show before. It just kind of gets you... Um, you don't have to wait in queues to play. You, know, you, you just get instant access. Um, but it, did, anyone who had signed up, they were basically giving you a free trial until May. I got an email earlier this week, and Michael, you probably got the same one, where they're not going to start charging people now until June. So huh. I think that, you know, which they're realizing like, oh, shit, so many people are pulling their games off the service. We have to do something to people who are signing up so they don't just cancel before we start charging them. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's... I'm not hopeful if this keeps happening. I, I can't be hopeful for the future of that service, but it's a little bit of a disappointment because it is the better value proposition to, at least to me, someone who has an extensive steam library. It is, it is just, just an access. extension of steam. Steam will do yes. this a year from now and no one will be able to fight it. 
I don't understand why they're fighting him. Yeah. Well, Steam has existing contracts in place with the companies, and so what all they would need to do is it's a quick addendum to a contract, you know? Yeah, but it's it's a delivery system. Well, you said streaming contracts, and, like, whatever that is isn't defined right now. And I think that's the, that's the issue. I would also like to say I tried to update the drivers on my production PC with the GeForce Experience app, and it won't work. Please, someone out there, give me a Windows 10 code. <laughs> Please. So this is the part of the show where Michael has to bow out. He can't say anything because it's all speculation about Ubisoft uh-huh. stuff. But uh, the voice actor who plays Voss in Far Cry 3 teased a possible return to the character. Um, so I'll say right now, I haven't it, heard anything about that, but that would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, so it, this was it would be during. Cool uh, if he popped up at a Rayman Legends mobile game. <laughs> which, <laughs> but seriously, well, no, no so I have not heard anything about that. I'm, I'm so so. This was during a Reddit AMA. Um, Michael Michael Mando or Mondo is uh, the character, the actor who plays Voss. Um, he's also appeared in Better Call Saul and Orphan Black. He was asked if. He, um, if he still gets recognized as Voss. And he said, yeah, it's one of his favorite things. He loves to be recognized for him. And then he said, um, here's his, here's was his response. So thank you so much. Voss is my spirit animal. Having co-created that character is something that will always be dear to me. I still get recognized as Voss and I still feel the outpouring of love for the character and makes me very happy. Who knows? Maybe I will reprise the role very soon. Question mark, uh, some emoji character with the tongue sticking out. Thank you for watching. So, I don't know. It's it's his use of the of the phrase like maybe I will reprise it reprise it very soon. That it's like, huh? What's what's going on? You know? There is a I think isn't there like a Far Cry TV series in the works that he could maybe be play something in that just as a cameo even. Is there? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Like I said, Michael can't talk about it. I'm, I'm kept so. on a need to know basis. I will just say without that. <laughs> without without putting Michael on the spot. Like uh, Far Cry was almost annual. And we were talking. I loved Far Cry Five. I loved it too. And I, I just downloaded the Blavity Blook new thing. Um, but yeah, was, even I'm sort of like, where's the new Far Cry? What's going on? What's going on? It's, uh, it's Tell been me E three. Maybe they'll announce it at E three. Oh wait. Um, so uh, good news again. And this, we were just talking about how big Animal Crossing is. This story, gentlemen, I'm reading to you from one a site called CNN.com. You mm. might have heard of it. Fake news. Why? <laughs> it's all about all the cool shit coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons. So they announced earlier this week. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of cool stuff around the spring. Uh, so one of the things they'll be doing is they're going to have uh, Leif. Uh, yeah, that's right. Leif, the guy who comes Leif on the show Johnson? once in a while as a guest. Leif Friend Johnson is going to be in the game. No, he he is the sloth character who sells gardening goods. So oh. Leif's shop will be coming to your island soon, and he's going to be selling, get this, gentlemen, hedges. Fucking hedges. <laughs> Fuck fences. It's all about hedges. Just um, leave now. Like, play The Sims and make give everyone an alligator head. <laughs> I love Animal Crossing, but I have my limits. Oh, my God. Uh, well, if you're not excited about Leif, maybe you'll be excited about Red who is coming back to the I game like yeah. as Jolly Red. He's on a, apparently on a pirate ship this time that will dock near... I thought this was just maybe exclusive to my island, but I guess everyone has the secret beach at the back of their mm-hmm. island. You guys all... Yep. So, so that's where his, his ship will be docked, and you can buy... They're not confirming, but I can almost guarantee you'll be buying 
mostly counterfeit paintings. I've I've been to I've been to a ton of islands and there's literally a parking space in like the left or right side of everyone's back island. <laughs> um, but with with those paintings comes the expansion of the museum. So Blathers is getting an expansion Ooh. to his museum. It, there's going to be an art gallery. I just, I just want to catch sharks so bad, but they, they they're not in the northern hemisphere until June. But you can go. You can get a fin island and catch them. How do you go to fin island? You, it's you one of the random of items tours. that appears with the island tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's lots of events. So Nature Day is coming April. It's going to start on April 3rd and wrap on May 4th. And there's going to be all kinds of exclusive fun stuff there. Hopefully not uh, eggs that take oh, over everything. Oh, fuck those but... eggs. Well, good egg. And then International Museum Day will be held from May 18th to 31st. And in this time, you're going to be exploring the museum to collect stamps based on different artifacts. And then coming in June... Uh, summer is wedding season, everyone, because you know we'll all be going to weddings. The country will be open back up by then. We'll all be hitting the wedding scene, wedding circuit. Right. Um, we will not be on phase two of the virus, the, the, which people <laughs> talk about when they talk about Spanish flu, which was the second or third phase, which murdered everybody. So, yeah, in June, there's apparently a couple on uh, what's the dude who has that creepy island you can go to to take pictures Oh, that, on. that hippie um, dog guy, Harv or whatever. The hippie dog. Is. Harvey, puppy, yeah. puppy Chong. Yeah. Yes, you can go to Puppy Chong's Island and take <laughs> pictures with a with a couple for wedding season uh, in June. So lots of lots of cool stuff, seasonal stuff to look forward to in Animal Crossing. If I can say as Tommy Chong right now, just what I'm looking at, and I'm really drunk, and I don't mind derailing the podcast, dude. I'm watching two lizards eat their asses out right now <laughs> on my sliding glass door. Dude. There's lizard, the, millennial lizards eating ass right in front of me. Hey man, it sounds hey pretty man. good to me, man. Is that your millennial I've, impression? I'm tasting worse, good. man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only lizards I recognize, man, are from Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, man. Oh, fucking no. iguanas. The man. only way we know you can't contract COVID is by eating ass, and if you don't eat ass, please get COVID. I'm sick of you. Jesus. Um, and then a little, little bit of bad news here. So COVID has affected some physical pre-orders. Uh, Amazon has stopped taking most physical version pre-orders. There are some notable exceptions and surprise, surprise, some of the biggest games of the year. So, uh, you can still pre-order physical versions of The Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk 2077, and Marvel's Avengers. But most physical things have been taken down. I think this is just kind of a combination of several factors. A, Production and supply chains are super fucked up right now. They're coming incredibly from China. fucked up. If I can, I don't have anywhere else, where else to mention this, but I wanted for my birthday, I wanted to get the Turbo Graphics Mini, uh, yeah. and I I had a pre order on Amazon, and it's not moving. If you order it from Amazon, like Amazon Japan, you can not only get the Japanese version, you can get the American version, the same one we'll get, and pay yeah. uh, mm-hmm. about I think twenty dollars extra for shipping. And it shows up within a few days. Their Amazon does not operate in like, man, there's COVID. We probably aren't going to be able to get it to you until the end of next month. It just, it was, it's like five days because Japan has recovered because Japan has competent leadership. Mm -hmm. No, Japan just locked down again. 
Yeah, they 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 saw some spikes mm. and they Dang. locked down again. Yeah. No, no one, no one's gonna be free from. I mean, we don't need to turn this yeah, into a COVID no. cast, but sure. yeah. <laughs> but um, and then the, I think the other reason is is Amazon's currently prioritizing essential items, mm-hmm. and and this affected me even with my pre-order of, of Animal Crossing. Like I, I was told I was gonna get the physical version yeah. several I days late. I, I can't get like it, a Typhoon Ten industrial gas mask because they they've all been prioritized for healthcare officials. What is this? How dare you? <laughs> I thought. This was America. I do want to say, like, what is this, Russia? <laughs> I, I uh, the the the, the, the people who are complaining about scalpers of Final Fantasy VII. Like, hey man, buy the digital version. Yes, get a bigger hard drive. Jesus, and Christ. then in December, buy Final Fantasy VII for five dollars. <laughs> And you'll have your physical copy. Your save will work the same. It'll be fine. Buy it. I hate to hear yep. people like, I'm not buying this digitally. Like, buy it. Suck it up. Take one for the yeah. take one for the team. <laughs> buy it digitally. And then there, buy There's it. still those people who have a fundamental opposition to that on some kind of moral mm-hmm. level. Uh, and they just will never go against that. But then there's also people to, for whom it's not practical to download oh, for sure. a game of that size. It's it's gigantic, it right? It's like for 90 sure, but I was, I was following a group of Californians uh, and like, I hear my copy of Animal Crossing. Where did you get that? Like the... You should have. Your answer should be the fucking eShop, you idiot. Like, yeah, I mean, some people it. also are just dumb, right? And they don't know about buying games on digital storefronts. Well, they, they don't. They don't trust it. And I'm the same way. I had to download the Walmart app today, which I didn't want to do, just so I could find and see if One Up Arcades uh, game deals take my advice. Fifty dollars for the Street Fighter two player twelve button cabinet. Uh, clearance at Walmart. Wait, 50 bucks. Say, we $50? actually have that one over yeah, at Perfect 50 World. Fucking dollars. Oh my god. Yeah, I yeah. missed it's out. Not, if it's you can not find that it. great. It's okay. Yeah, no, but it's, 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 it's really it's, small, and you have to get this the riser thing. Oh no, for I, I know it. Which is another like hundred. But I also know how to mod it, and I will have every yeah, fucking. Yeah, R- yeah. I was waiting for that <laughs> system, that one in particular, to go on sale because it, I could play a billion two-player games with six-player, six-button. Here's the thing about the physical versus digital debate is like I get it that like on the movie side, yeah, we kind of did get fucked a few times because there were some fly by night operations or startups or whatever. But when you're talking like games, like I've had access to my Steam library for over a decade now, well over a decade. Uh, Microsoft's not going anywhere as a fucking company. Nintendo's not going anywhere. Yes, it's a pain in the ass. You have to keep some old hardware sometimes. Like, I can't access some shit I bought on, on the Wii U, you know, uh, virtual console. Uh, oh, well, but... um Oh, well, I also can't access the fucking... The Mai Tai I bought in 2012. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't think that that will be much of a, a concern going right. forward. You know, yeah. consoles will have smoother transitions than that where you will keep your purchases. As yeah, you, I as guess you go my, my point generation. is on the gaming side, I've never... I, it, I get why with the physical people are like, no, man, you don't really own that shit and you're going to lose access. I have not once on the game side like of major releases lost access to anything I have paid yeah. money for. The, there are isolated instances of games disappearing and but really the one that everyone points to is PT, right, which wasn't even yeah. a that was a, a demo fucking commercial. So <laughs> well almost all the other stuff is games that they were like live service multiplayer games that you can't play alone. And so, yeah, when the servers went down, you can no longer access. Why can't I download like you, this now, man? Items. Because nobody was playing it and it doesn't Because you'll have no one to play with. Yeah. <laughs> it and, and, and it, you know, these items you bought were for a multiplayer game that you can't 
play right now. So, and even a lot of the games where the servers go away, like communities will put up uh, fan run servers and, mm-hmm. and those but, but for people exist, again, you know? Final Fantasy VII people buy it digitally, get it next year for nothing. It'll be nothing in your yeah. Animal yeah. Crossing. That's a different story. That shit will be fifty one dollars at the lowest for the next five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. Uh, fifty one. No, no, no. That'll be sixty dollars for forever. Yeah. I said at <laughs> with, the with how many units they sell, there's no reason to ever drop the price on. I said at the lowest that. when the plague takes over <laughs> and we buy games based on a system of blowjobs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 51 blowjobs for Animal Crossing, I see. Blowjobs. So that is all the news that is fit to play. All right. Well, let's move along to the community segment, which is always is segmenting. What? Our community. Yes. Last week's question now of the week. Net, now on Netflix, by the way. I love that show. Just saying. Yeah, it is. We've been binging it. It's fantastic. Have you been watching the uh, the Darkest Timeline podcast? Yeah, the, fuck yeah. Uh, Ken Jeong and uh, Joel no. McHale. They have doing? a wonderful oh, shit, report. No. God damn, they have a wonderful It's report. really awesome. They they are super antagonistic yeah. to each other and also super super complimentary to one another. Yeah. It, it I is great. I need this in my life. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they're on they did episode 4 today, I believe. Uh, it's been it's been really cool. Did, did I, like I I thought I mentioned on 302010, um I found out about community because I was uh freelance for playstation magazine in the sony family i will will only mention this because like now watching the show they can't use iphones they can only use sony phones so the phones (laughs) they use in the show are the dumbest phones that's right they use like experience they're the they're the worst they're always using something with like a physical keypad in 2012 (laughs) it's it's the worst and and i and i yelled about this on 30 2010 uh 30 rock Parks and Rec and uh, The Office got their due because they hit streaming platforms like when they were still on the air. Community never had that luxury. Like it, it like yeah. it's only now Until hitting its final season. Who who uh, streamed that Yahoo service? Yahoo stream thing. That's not the available on Xbox seen. One or PS4. You had I had to dig out my Xbox 360 to use their fucking app. And they're so so. I guess what they're asking is the Yahoo season. Is that on yes. uh, Netflix? Yeah, everything okay. everything is on yeah. Netflix, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I deeply, deeply love that show. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's very different, like streaming it, binging it, uh, as opposed to watching it week by week, because you catch on to like the repeated jokes yep. a lot more quickly. Yes. Now, now, gentlemen, I started watching on Hulu. I'm, I'm a man of principle. I have to keep watching on Hulu so I can see the commercials. Uh, I'm just, I owe it to myself to do this. You could have watched it on Yahoo Screen, which had no inventory and didn't show you commercials. <laughs> yeah. And they had the balls to blame community for like, eh, it didn't make us any money. Like, I never saw an ad when I watched it on your they, shit. They also apparently had tens of millions of viewers on Yahoo Screen, but they couldn't figure out how to monetize, how to monetize it correctly. You're Yahoo. You're idiots. So, last week's question of the week. Sorry. As you might remember, was do you prefer remakes or remasters? Which, by which we mean, would you rather see a prettier version of the game you remember that plays the same, or do you want a whole new game with new with the same characters and story? Um, Micah, you weren't here last week. Does that question stir anything within you? <laughs> I think I would have had a different answer like two weeks ago before I played uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mm-hmm. think uh, h- historically I would have said, no, I want something that sticks more true to the original source material. But now after playing that game, 
I want them to fill in those those gaps and expand on things. If 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 uh, I'm looking at other games and thinking like, oh my god, if they can do what they did with Final Fantasy VII remake, like think about a Xenogears remake that actually finishes that second disc. Like oh, that man. would be insane. Can um, you imagine a real caveman land and fucking Chrono Trigger? <laughs> but but I I think like. We were always okay with asking for re-releases. To ask any company to do what Square did with FF7 might never happen. I, I don't. It seems too good to be true. I think I think we're going to see it more often now. To be honest, I, I kind Maybe. of have felt like this generation. If there's one like kind of thing I feel like it was known for, other than maybe live games, it is like this has been a remake generation, and I can only see it happening more often. But I'm weirdly okay with it because the remakes for the most part have been so good good. it's not like the movie industry most remakes in the movie industry fucking suck (laughs) i I think they they recast it and try and make they remake successful movies and then make shittier versions of them it's funny though they didn't always suck right like the fly was a remake Mm -hmm. and invasion of the body snatchers was a remake and those movies were awesome just incredible there is there is no bad version of the invasion of the body snatchers no it's true it's just the 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 remakes were were all all great in their own right right so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the day the earth stood still we all know the the keanu reeves oh, remake so way good. better i, I prefer the john ham version all day the terminator <laughs> remake of the 1932 classic i am being stalked by a relentless tin robot are you making an outer limits <laughs> reference i can't tell no i'm just making shit up <laughs> James Cameron got sued by the outer limits because he stole the idea of terminator oh really and mm-hmm. and they won huh and, well, Interesting. Uh, first, f- not first responder, you, you took pains to point this out, Matt, on VeggieGameApocalypse.com, Lil Deuce Deuce, uh, famous oh. composer of Beep Beep I'm a Sheep, uh, says, <laughs> this might be a cop-out, but I prefer that a game either fully commit to being a faithful remake or a completely reimagined experience with different mechanics. Final Fantasy VII Remake might not be for me, it is for you. But I appreciate they're providing a new experience that's separate from the original. The main thing that bothers me is when a game is stuck halfway between a remake and a reimagination. I didn't like the DS version of Final Fantasy IV because it had just enough new stuff that it felt alienating and didn't really tap into the same nostalgia, but not enough new that it felt like I could appreciate it as a completely new experience. Hmm. And to what I was saying... The Day the Earth Stood Still is a great example. And that came out on Blu-ray. One, I stole it from the P-Tom offices. Um, well but done. two, it, it included the original remastered movie. on the That original movie is brilliant. Oh, yeah, like so like you weren't missing out on anything. And I so. bet you didn't have to hop around any spiked platforms in Stage 4 to unlock it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing like there's, there's probably a spike in FF7 sales, but... If you just had a special edition that like included FF7 with the remake, like just do that. If someone's curious enough to want to play the original version, you should give them the option of, of buying that in advance. Yeah, they just they they released the FF7, you know, about a year ago on Switch, so I don't think they'd be into bundling it at this moment. They probably got a bunch of sales out of that. So yeah, they want they want their full twenty five bucks or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. they're charging. And I, I want to give a shout out to the only game in history, 
Stranglehold, the official huh. sequel to the movie Hard Boiled. <laughs> it, 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 you bought the game on PS3 only. It included the original movie. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. And it, I, I don't know of any other example like that, other than like a couple of Disney cartoons and the special editions of Epic Mickey. Oddly enough, I work with some people that worked on that game, and when I found that out about them, I just gave them like a knowing nod and a wink. I was like, "Hell yeah!" That, ga- that, that game is you'd be, delicious. You'd be proud of that shit. It is don't, delicious. Don't... Eat stranglehold. <laughs> Eat it with your eyes and face and fingers. It's good. <laughs> you can slide for like two hundred yards on just counters full of fucking food and shit in that game. It's amazing. It's exactly what you want from a hard boiled game. Yeah, it's a shame. Doves everywhere. Special doves edition. It's a shame that doesn't happen more, uh, in, in, including previous versions and things like that. Because like, I they like there was a deluxe edition of Final Fantasy, and like, hey, you get a, a chocobo, and like, man, I've been around. I don't, I don't know what the fuck that means or what it does. I also know if it meant anything, it'd be in the real game. Yeah, it didn't and, mean anything. And, <laughs> it's and, hilarious. But if, if, if you said, like, Doom was like, you'll get Doom 64 if you pre-order. I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, this get, is a, get... a totally separate question, but do you all buy special editions of video games ever? I, I actually no. never, ever do that. I would Fuck never no. buy one. I'm not an idiot. Think. I'm not a moron. I haven't in a very long time. <laughs> I want to give Michael's employer credit. They've been really good about on like the premium editions of games. Like um, I think it was Far Cry Five. You got the three remake or the three yes. uh, remaster. And Odyssey, you got that. the three remaster also. Oh, that's yeah, cool. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I I always feel like if you can do that, like on a special edition, or that if you're paying, if you're asking someone for a hundred dollars or more, it's like yeah, give them some cool older game or whatever like chris was saying with day of the earth yeah, still if, like if, do something like if that. you're like, soapboxing over, so over a suit or a fucking magic pellet that flies out of your stupid wrist fuck off if you give me a game with your mm-hmm. special edition we'll talk yeah my wrist is pretty T- typically stupid, a, hi- a highly regarded one i was talking specifically about assassin's creed <laughs> <laughs> it's a red hidden blade oh my god it, and most of the time, it's stuff that they're not charging you more than like five to ten dollars for anyway on its own, right? But just by putting it in there, you're like, "Fuck that! That's amazing! It, I love." It that feels that freeing that. that like I don't ever need to look through a spec. Like if it's not like a rock band type game, like oh, I don't. Yeah, I'll never need your special edition. I do not care. Yeah, it, it's something that is a little bit freeing with age. Is like. I don't need a fucking resin anything well, yeah. in my I life mean, right now. We sort of touched on that <laughs> earlier, but yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want to send me swag, I, I want to send you a stern letter in response. <laughs> yeah, in a cease and desist. In an envelope made out of the Briscoe County Junior poster, I still can't take off my wall. Mm. <laughs> I've got a resin Alduin from Skyrim, and I've got resin uh, statuettes of all the Assassin's Creed characters, but I draw the line at that, sir. <laughs> Every time I see a resin model, I think it's like some shit like in Jurassic Park where it's like tree sap that's mm-hmm. hardened over yep. years. I don't know why. Just, just sort of congealed in that pattern. Resin. <laughs> yes. It's in a mold, mm-hmm. Michael. A highly, highly sculpted yep, yep. mold. Okay. So uh, Giant Shortstack says, let me put it this way. You can remake a bad game with a good idea and get a good game. 
Nobody wants an HD remaster of Spore. I love that like there's a comment under that saying, I want it. <laughs> yeah, time yeah you can never make a claim that like no one wants yeah. something. There's going to be someone out yeah. there who wants that. I-, I think there's definitely merit to that idea of like sometimes remakes can take a really good initial concept that maybe the execution was flawed mm-hmm. first time around and make a really good game yeah. out of it. So. Yeah, From what I hear, Resident Evil 3 is the one I want to play. I was frustrated with 2. I should play 3. It's pretty good. It's just short. I, I know, but, but it I, invites repeat playthroughs. I so. wish I knew someone at Capcom who would give me a copy. If only. If hmm. only they knew I did a podcast. You fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a few video responses. First up is RedRock963, who says... Hey, VGA, it is RedRock963 with a couch full of kitties and a freshly shorn quarantine cut on this fine Monday afternoon. Talking about whether or not I prefer remakes to remasters, I actually prefer remakes mostly because, um, especially with a lot of older games like uh, Metroid 2 or Pokemon, the old games just feel really dated and archaic and I like that remakes kind of bring things into the modern age um, for example like the first Pokemon games are a pain in the ass to play but the new, the ones that they've remade like Fire Red and Leaf Green or Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire they like really brought their A game in with having the experience share and just all of those neat little bells and whistles in the modern games that just make them so much better to play and in the case of Sam, um, Samus Returns, like Metroid 2 went from being my least favorite Metroid game to Samus Returns being one of my favorites, if not my favorite, aside from Super Metroid. So I guess it really depends on the age of the game. Also, the most superior version of the very first Final Fantasy game um, is on the PSP, and it is a remake from the ground up and gets rid of those archaic spell charges that kind of make the older games really a bitch to play. Anyway, that's my opinion. I hope you guys have an excellent week, and I shall talk to you later. Thanks, Red Rock. That's a pretty cool haircut, by the way. Like like the haircut, mm-hmm. Red Rock, for sure. Uh, Mike Amari says... Hey, VJ crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. question of the week, of course, was, which do you prefer? Remasters or remakes when it comes to releasing the old games as new releases? Um, quite honestly, I think there's actually there's not one clear-cut answer here. It's really a continuum. It depends on how it's being presented. Uh, on one hand, for lower-end prices, I like things like the remasters of the older Final Fantasy games. Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 that have been released on modern consoles are great because you get the original game for a very low price that's been up to look pretty decently on your new machine, plus it has some quality-of-life improvements. Uh, that, more than anything, is what I love about the current crop of remasters for things like this, is you're doing a little bit of extra work on the remasters for a smaller price point so that you can enjoy this classic game that you loved without having to have all the same pain points you had the last time. Uh, on the flip side, if you're going to be charging me like $60 for a release or anywhere between 40 and up, I'm going to look for a full-on remake out of that. And I do love the remakes. Uh, remakes, I think, are a great chance for uh, game designers, modern game designers, to use modern tools and newer engines to explore some of the great ideas that people had at a time when maybe it was locked on a console that didn't quite have the technology that it needed to fully explore the, co- the concept, which it seems to be happening with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Though I'm not sure if I'm going to be picking that up. Maybe I'll hold off for a little bit. 
the idea of playing the yeah, first third people of the saying they're not going to get it a long time ago uh, and it taking even longer than it took back then uh, just doesn't sit quite as well with me the one thing i never thought when playing final fantasy 7 was i wish this was more drawn out though i've been told no, that i'm you're totally wrong though you're wrong you wish it was more drawn out <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna put on my uh, my fedora for a second and say pick it up pick it up pick it up pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Skank and pickle uh-huh. and shit. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's do yeah. it. Um, uh, Cody Laveau says, "Hey gang, it's Cage Crippler, Cody Laveau. That's a giraffe getting a treat. Nice. He he enjoys getting treats. So, gotta say, I prefer the idea of a remake to a remaster of just about anything, um, because." In my mind's eye, the OG version of whatever looked just fine by itself. I have a nostalgia for that. Mm -hmm. But I love seeing something new using the same characters in the same world, but you just switch it up just a little bit so it shocks you. You're surprised, right? Oh, hi, Lance. Lance wants to get a treat, too. Hey, big guy. Lance is also a giraffe. There we go. But yeah, I think that that looks... uh, that's, That's a much more fun way to do it. I think that the... Resident Evil uh, series did it really well. I think that uh, Link's Awakening uh, did it very, very well. And uh, yeah, I think that's just the better way to go with it. Because there's really not much point in messing with the original version of something great. uh, Unless you're going to switch it up. I mean, you're in there. Why not tinker around just a little bit more? Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the giraffes. Hope that brightened your day just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later, uh, Chris and Michael and Matt and whoever else is in there. I love you. Stay safe. Bye. Until Thanks. next week. Bye. Thanks, Cody. He's got some, like, snow white birds in the background and yeah. shit. Yeah. Going What's on? with everyone's cool hair in these videos, man? Yeah, they're That's giving themselves the their own haircuts. We're getting I guess. Into I, we have I'm cool in, fans, I, man. I'm in lockdown. My hair is just, you know, doing whatever it does. I don't you cannot <laughs> judge... The entire list of time community based on Red Rock and Cody LeBeau. They have great hair. Uh, on, I live with a barber. My hair is clippers. Do it. <laughs> I was gonna say Chris lives with a stylist. Man, he's got he's got it better That's than true. all of us. It's true. You just saw my hair. It looked like God created pubes and just <laughs> forgot to put them somewhere. And and I stuck but, but my. But somehow head in that's. Uh, it's a step up from the norm. It's, the worst. I don't know. it's long as fuck. I can see it in front of my eyes, and I, I might stream something for you guys mm-hmm. soon. So there, yeah. there. Uh, finally, full install says, "Hi guys, it's Tom here from Full Install. Corona free since the eighties, and you know what that means? Bitches leave. Not sure what audio I'm going to splice <laughs> in there. Hopefully, it's worth it." Anyway, remakes or remasters? The answer is remasters, and here's for why. Remakes are almost always games that are held in high regard, with the exception perhaps of Final Fantasy XIV, but I'll let you decide whether Everyone Reborn is a remake or a remaster. So they need to hit two key points, a foundation of member berries, an accomplished gameplay with a sprinkling of promise on top that there might be additional content or changes in story. Where they tend to fall down for me is the over-delivery of the former and omission of the latter. Let's take the Resident Evil remakes for example. I'm by no means saying they are bad games, far from it. Those games are some of the best games I've played in recent years, but that's primarily down to the RE engine and fun combat mechanics. After playing those games as great as they are, it makes me hungry for content that could come as a result of their existence. After finishing 2 and 3, which kind of happened in parallel, I was really hoping they would announce a brand new game that would bridge the gap between them and 4, explaining how Claire ended up in Rockford Island, Leon being sent to Spain and whatever the fuck Jill was up to. The point I'm trying to make is, I've not played a remake that did anything new to the point where I wouldn't have rather had a brand new installment over it. Though I must point out that I haven't played the Final Fantasy VII remake as of yet. I'm barreling through Persona 5 Royal first. 
I'm avoiding spoilers, so I don't know how FF ends, but when I first heard it was going to be installment-based, I thought, right, first installment's going to be Member Berry City, then part two, they have the opportunity to completely change it and go nuts. I mean, how awesome would it be if at the end of part two, Sephiroth kills Cloud instead, and just before the credits roll, we see Aerith pick up the Buster Sword, leading into a completely new part three slash sequel. So remasters then, with the exception of Silent Hill HD Collection which was shite, remasters are almost always the optimal way to play any release. They just have all the quality of life changes that you probably didn't even realise hindered the original. The Last of Us is a perfect example. You probably didn't even realise the low frame rate until you played the PS4 version, and there was no way from then on that you weren't going to be sneaking around collecting bricks at 60fps for hours. The gameplay part of that game is so fucking boring. But let's not forget that in the gaming world, remastering isn't just locked to software. Hardware revisions are also a type of remastering, and ain't no one playing their original GBA or DS anymore, I can tell you that. Remember the original, original Xbox 360? With no HDMI, no Wi-Fi, memory cards, a wired controller, a fan that sounded like a Boeing 747 with a breached hull, and a power brick that even Mr. X would step around in fear of breaking his foot. Yes. Compare that to what we eventually got with the Xbox Elite. Now, technically, both play the exact same games, but which one are you going to choose? Remaster every time. Cheers, guys. Sorry if this has been a bit of a long one. But to make up for it, here's Keanu Reeves saying some bullshit from a random film. I want room service! <laughs> what is that, Johnny Mnemonic there or something? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Can I just point out a couple things? Uh, a, full install says nuts, like Veruca Salt's dad, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. Veruca, uh, and, sweetheart. <laughs> and B... Um, he just made me nostalgic for member berries, which is all sorts of layers of fucking irony. That was like, what, 20 years ago in the member berries episode? Uh, like five, like five it feels like 20. It's been so, so long. God, the member, berry, the member berries were awesome. Like, you remember Chewbacca? He's so cool. Yeah. Member, member yeah. berries. Do you remember when marriage was between a man and a woman? Yeah. Wait, what? Remember marriage was awesome. And it explains every fucking... Never Yeah? Yeah? Uh, okay, so new question of the week. Uh, is there a game series you, you loved that you just stopped playing? Or, you know, you, you either you fell off at a certain game or you skipped a game in the series because it wasn't for you. And why? Um, I guess for me, this happened with Final Fantasy a couple of times. Like, I considered myself a yeah. huge fan of the franchise uh, up through Final Fantasy VII. And then Final Fantasy VIII just failed to grab me in any meaningful way. Like, I played it for a while, but it's just like, I don't really like these characters or this world. <laughs> I, I feel like it's... I, I don't I don't like the systems it introduces. Nine I loved. Ten was okay. And then... Uh, like 11 was like this is a horrible <laughs> MMO just joyless mm. and then 12 was like I, I couldn't play this at all and the weird thing is like I get into arguments with fans of 12 because I keep telling this story of like the first time I played it where I was like this feels like MMO combat I feel like I'm just hitting a button over and over again like the same button and I'm not really having any impact on the combat or anything that's going on and this guy I was talking to, this coworker, said, uh, well, you should be able to set up the Gambit system so you don't even have to do that. And the game's just on autopilot. And it's like, why would I want to play that? 
<laughs> yeah, people really love that game. I never even touched it because uh, I was in a very similar spot to you where I love Final Fantasy. I was a huge fan of that franchise. And then Final Fantasy VIII was a, just a desecration of everything that I liked about Final Fantasy. And I, I felt like it, turn, it put me off so hard. The one thing I liked about Final Fantasy VIII was that you could hit the button to make the gunblade fire mid-stroke. That was kind of Yeah, cool. I mean, that was a cool, really cool control implementation mm-hmm. also because, you know, you're pulling the trigger and stuff. But uh, besides that, that was like the Britney Spears of Final <laughs> Fantasy. I, it felt like t- teeny pop. Ain't nothing, like, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with Britney. I know, I know. And as, as I get older, I very much actually appreciate uh-huh. yes. the Britney Spears so, oeuvre. You know? I joke, but I actually agree with you guys. Something happened with the 12 release where I, I played the shit out of 10. 11 I avoided because I was not going to play a bad MMO when I was playing World of Warcraft already. But um, 12, so I completely like missed the release of 12. I played through 13 when that came out. Something happened with like the release or marketing of 12 where it just completely like it was just a later missed a uh, lot of people game, right? i also remember i also remember like you gotta play 12 why man the job system and anytime someone <laughs> says that like i already have a job system and i i want to kill myself on a regular basis like i don't care about how good the job system is yeah yeah job so I'm, I'm i'm with michael i've 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 skipped and come back to the final fantasy series mm-hmm. a few times so I, I admitted on the show that i skipped nine and i'm playing it now uh in between seven yeah. remake sessions which which is amazing like 12 i um, skipped skip 12 i skipped 14 i skipped 15 i've played a little bit but it hasn't really drawn me in yet and seven seven remake has pulled me back in fully i'm the yep. weirdo where my first final fantasy game is 10 10's great. I, I remember I, yelling at my girlfriend who had free tickets to a Chelsea Handler concert when 13 mm-hmm. came out. I'm like, <laughs> I've been waiting 10 years for this <laughs> this game. It's been only 12 and 11 since then. Like, well, why didn't you play 12 and 11? Because they both suck. <laughs> they were so. So I feel like 13. there's so much Final Fantasy that it, that's probably happened with almost anyone at some point, especially mm-hmm. when we talk spinoffs. But the one that I have a gaping hole in my gaming knowledge, mm. and it's a series I've loved, is Metal Gear Solid. Really? Uh, I played one and two. Mm-hmm. Started to play three. Me but too. Three, three was another one really late in the life cycle of PS2. I want to say it was, uh, and then played played four, played five, all when they came out. So three is the one that I've not played all the way through. I own four copies of Metal Gear Solid Three, and it's really, 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 really hard to start. Yeah, really I think I think that might be what it is. So, so that's the one I've skipped, and it's like the only again just solid. I'm not talking like OG Metal Gear and all that shit, or or you know, but just uh, the solid series. That's the only one I've skipped, and I don't know why. And and it's even exists in an HD form as part of Game Pass in the Metal Gear HD collection, and I just have yet to get back to it. So hmm. I, I was a uh, uh, Assassin's Creed. Really? I was gonna say that I didn't yeah. want it. I thought it might be rude, no. but <laughs> yeah, no, no, fuck That's Michael. My favorite uh, it's, 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 He's part of the problem. But but <laughs> one How one part two. Of the problem. I don't have any control over that. One two in Brotherhood, I devoured, and then and then three, I just like couldn't get started on, and even four. You skipped Revelations. And, <laughs> uh, I skipped Revelations, and then and then you guys, uh, I got a code for uh, Odyssey, and like it completely bit me again. I love Odyssey, but I yeah, I skipped three. I skipped. Th- I tried playing three. Well, again. see, you probably would like 
Assassin's Creed more having skipped three, yeah. I think. Because <laughs> three really killed my enthusiasm for the franchise, like just mm. drove it right into the ground. I was a huge fan up until that game. And I, I thought, oh, American Revolution, this is such a cool mm, setting. Right. And then it has a great first hour and then nothing. You know what you know, you know what it always reminded me of was the Patriot starring Mel Gibson. Like, all oh, the, yeah, like, <laughs> for sure. premise. <laughs> I think it's probably just the initial trailer was very reminiscent of the Patriot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like uh, Assassin's Creed very quickly became a series that could do no wrong that annualized itself into like I didn't understand why they were different. And 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 admittedly, Michael and Matt have talked to me through those things, and I I didn't see it until Odyssey. And like Odyssey, I devoured again Mm -hmm. as if it was Assassin's Creed Two. Uh, I, I ate the shit out of that. I love that game. Nice. Yeah, the um, the second DLC, I, I'll go ahead and say it, that first DLC, the Legacy of the First Blade, is cool, but if you're going to play anything from Odyssey, go play that Fate of Atlantis DLC. It's yeah. fucking three original maps. It's, uh, it takes place in hell at one point, and in heaven at another point, and it's fucking so... Yeah. And, and in, then in Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah, it's Apropos, so apropos of nothing, I... I I put on Spotify, my girl's a, a punk rocker, and we were playing the Tony Hawk station on, on, on Spotify. I love that. And it's fucking great. Like, oh, here it comes. The song called Amoeba that we all know is just the chorus. Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony yeah. Hawk. Uh, and, and, and she was like, what was it the last Tony Hawk game you played? Like, don't ask me that. Because, like, I played all of them. Hmm. And the last one I played was five. That was a sequel to four. You played and five. There were nine Jesus. games in between. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, the last one I remember playing was uh, the original Tony Hawk's Underground, which I loved. I yeah, loved Thug's it great. so fucking much. Wait, was was Project Eight after Thug or before? Yes. Oh yeah, well after Eight. I played like, Project Eight. Uh, Project Project Eight. After I think it was American after Thug Skateland. Two. With Bam Margera. Thug, Thug 2. Yeah, Bam Margera and his dad starring in the game. <laughs> I like Project Eight. A lot of people hated it, but I, I thought it was fine. No, everyone. Everyone was worse and worse and worse. Everyone. Well, ride. Let's. That's mm. the le- lesson. No, no. There. Five is terrible. Terrible. Ride. No, ride is ride is one with the peripheral. That's awful. Let's yeah, yeah. let's no, say about that. Five is the Tony Hawk. Five is the last Tony Hawk game. It is the thirteenth Tony Hawk. Game. Oh, that's the, yeah. That thing. <laughs> is, right. That was it, when they, didn't it, it come out like really like buggy. It, it came out with 200 megabytes on a CD and you downloaded the rest of the game and, and like support was abandoned. It was totally broken. Uh, it had old songs on it and it like it, just the worst. You know what five felt like Chris is it the Hellraiser series that they they put that movie out in the theaters for like a day for some rights yeah, issue to save the rights. Five felt like that. It was like well shit. No no five five like the day before it came out even Tony Hawk's like the Tony Hawk series is over. Yeah. And the contracts have expired, and uh, the fifth game's not very good. <laughs> I think you said something to that to that extent. And th- this is it. This is all there is. And uh, man, I'm, I sound really drunk, but I was talking about it today. Hmm. You guys go ahead. <laughs> Bring back Tony Hawk. I think we can all yeah. agree. Bring back Tony Hawk in some yeah. good form. Bring back Tony Hawk. Resurrect Tony Hawk, the person, not the games. Also right. the games, but mainly the person who's on Twitter... And tweets things like people saying, like, are you Tony Hawk? And like, yeah. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, his Twitter is amazing. Like, uh, him going through customs, like, 
Anthony Hawk, like Tony Hawk. Whatever happened with that guy? Like, <laughs> and his, his response was this. <laughs> I'm gonna create like a, just a troll account that only knows him from his guest starring role in Gleaming the Cube, and I'll be like, "Wait, Tony Hawk, co-star of Gleaming the Cube, the Christian Slater vehicle from the '80s." Like, yeah, you should be like a- Tony Hawk. Wasn't he a guest star on that one episode of uh, the the Tom Green Show? And my, my girlfriend who skates is like, why do you have like multiple skateboards signed by Tony Hawk? I'm like, because Tony Hawk's really cool. Like, why haven't you met him yet? Yeah. Why don't you oh, have signed right. skateboards? That's right. He had an annual game series, and he was the nicest dude I've ever met in the entire, yeah. like, in any of these processes. Uh, Tony Hawk was awesome. Yep. Has to be said, yeah. No matter what, Tony Hawk, pure, innocent, and good. Uh, whatever yes. you think of the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how we got here from there, but have, has everyone answered this question? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I dove in on both Final Fantasy um, and uh, and Assassin's Creed, right. which which were really two of the big ones that I dropped right, off fair, on. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, so, is there a game series that you loved that you stopped playing, or at, at, at a certain game, or just skipped a couple games? Uh, let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse dot com. Answer under the comments for episode three hundred and sixty four. Uh, alternately, you can ping us on Facebook at the official Laser Time community. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and uh, we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our episode. Let's uh, go out with some plugs. Um, Micah, you're the guest. Is there anything you'd like people to pay attention to right now? Uh, yeah, we, uh, when does this go live? This doesn't go Friday, live tomorrow. Friday, right? Friday. Yeah, nice. So we would have already announced that, uh, we are doing a live streaming event to celebrate the release of the Remnant from the Ashes Swamps of Courses DLC, which comes Remnant. out nice. on the, uh, the 28th of April. Um, so tune in. We'll be on front page of Twitch. So just, uh, head over Ooh. to Twitch. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash remnant game. If we're not on the front page of Twitch, though, we should be there. Um, and, uh, check out the event. We have a bunch of the top streamers who had played remnant all competing in our new, uh, new game mode. Oh, you ain't seen me yet, brother. Uh, <laughs> is, is remnant still on game pass? Uh, it is. Yes. Yeah. Please play Re- remnant is the, the best game game I have played in a very, very long time. Is, um, Micah is so uh, hosting that stream. Yeah, so SoFetch is going to be hosting uh, on our end. We'll do uh, just like live updates of the score. We'll be jumping between the different streams, checking in on on the different teams. We have uh, six teams of streamers uh, who are uh, really big streamers. I'm I'm super stoked for it, so tune in. Quick plug and shout out for SoFetch is the community guy that works with Micah, and he hosts all those streams. He's really good and entertaining uh, as a streamer, and so I just want to plug him and Go go watch it, and you even if you don't normally watch streams, he's he's a good host of that shit, and he can he can bring you up to speed on Remnant really well. So, yep. I mean, my favorite thing about Remnant is that it doesn't it, it steers away from lore and stupid horseshit so well, and yet yeah. you can still find it. It's very Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, dark, it's, it's Dark Souls with guns without being so explicit about it. But that's what it God is. God damn, I love it. It's but it's it's just it makes it all gameplay. All yep. gameplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, oh, yeah. can't say more nice things about that. And even as they praise Final Fantasy VII, which seems to want me to do the jitterbug with my 
<laughs> circle and square button. Yeah. And, Which, by the uh, way, that, that dance sequence is fucking amazing. I'm glad that someone oh. found a way to do quick time sequences in a compelling way. Haven't done it, but I, I've been I doing it. I don't the, think Matt's quite there I just yet. finished He's the squats. The, everyone apparently All had right. a ton of trouble with the squats, mm-hmm. and I thought that was super easy. I, wait till you get really? to the pull-ups. The squats? No, there's the pull-ups. Yeah. That's the hard okay. one. Okay. Um, All right. Tifa. Good to know. All right. Good to know. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how often they're up. I remember you were, you and Michael were talking before I woke up, and like, oh man, that pot sequence with, uh, with Aerith, Ugh. and like, oh, four twenty, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was and, that uh, kind of pot. <laughs> and uh, and and like, I failed twice, and it just instantly skipped me through it. Yeah, I I was convinced that it's not beatable. Like I I was like, because Michael had warned me about it, and then I literally just barely stepped outside my room and just set off the pot right away. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I didn't even hit the stick. No, I even I even saw it, and like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, just yeah. do whatever you need to do to me. <laughs> make this a cutscene. <laughs> Don't make me. And it, like this. that's that's one of the few times that I was, I, I was slightly irked. It's like, hey, you made this easy without telling me. But yeah. at the same time, I don't care. <laughs> so. yeah. I was I was more annoyed by the treasure chest I could see in Aerith's room that I had not gotten earlier. That is just like, oh, can't go back yeah. and get that shit uh, now. No, nope, nope. you have to go back toward the end. Yeah, Fuck can't it. run in this lady's room. You just mm-hmm. <laughs> before the point of no uh, we'll return. Make that mistake but you can't again. go back there. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. patreoncom slash time is the place you go if. If you want, if you want access to that, we're calling it Apocalypse Guide in the spoiler cast. We're going to be doing for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one up right now that is for God of War from 2018. Yeah, so we're doing these at the rate of like what one every two years. I'd say that's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good. But we're rarely we're rarely all enthralled yeah. about the same game, yeah. and so and that's, but, that's but a that rare means occasion. it's genuine. We're not doing this yeah. to to play to anything in particular. We're just doing yeah, this man. because we fucking love the game. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to yeah. do? Complete Madden and talk about it? No. no like, and and we try to save you from spoilers on these shows, but in that that thing, we're going to break down what we oh God, love yeah. and we're going to make it very clear within the first five minutes. We will spoil the shit out yeah. of the game. And this is the thing I'm I, I am I'm literally most looking forward to that show this year because mm. I am having so much weird time. With this game. Worst walking simulator I've ever played. It's still my game of the year. So to get access to that, you just have to be a patron at the $5 or more per month level, which also gets you access to Bonus Time, the Laser Time Network's exclusive weekly bonus show that is available only to patrons, Patrons, which is basically Chris shooting the shit with friends and talking about what's going on in their life right about now. So check that out. That is patreon.com slash laser time. We recently had our buddy Blip, Seattle Blip Sounds guy chris parker like uh talk about having covid oh, shit. um and and uh this week i i recommended i want to save it i want you to go listen to it there but like i can't bad trip the eric andre movie is the funniest fucking movie i've seen all year is it is it and like borat where it's like people aren't in on the joke and he's doing it is, pranks it is it is exactly like that okay but it happens with a much higher frequency and the story is better. Okay. It even has like, even it's montages are pranks. Even it's, even it's flashbacks are pranks. Even it's dream sequences are pranks on real people, but it is the funniest thing I've seen all year. It, it, it is, it is so it's something about us being all cooped up and these people driving across the country is really funny. Mm. Uh, pranking people across the country. It's it's it is the anecdote to 
quarantine. I'm plugging a movie I cannot profit from more than our Patreon. Yep. I'm, that's how much I recommend it to, well, to you guys. Yeah, mm. There you go. And sick of Star Wars has a new episode this week. Attack of the Clones. It, it, I'm not even mad. I just... I just wish someone killed me, like, in the middle of watching it. Look, I know I've said this before, but that movie is a hundred times better if you mute the sound and just play the Humpty Dance on repeat. (laughs) I I noticed, I'll say it in the show, but I noticed I was saying things while watching the movie. I say instinctively when traffic is backed up, go, 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 move. (laughs) <laughs> go move and like it, like it's just so boring and like so bad and it's so, so poorly written but like there there are moments to salvage it within attack of the clone anyway whatever yeah. patreon.com slash laser time i'm drunk as shit it's three in the morning i love you guys jesus all right thanks everybody um matt anything else before we peace out no, patreon.com slash laser time. Um, that's where you get access to all the cool shit. As always, visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com. Ping us on Twitter at vgapocalypse. And follow me personally at wikiparas, because very rarely I will say funny shit. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening this long, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. It is not by my own power that I am resurrected. It is the greed of humanity which calls me back. And thus, by might, I rule. Might becomes the one and only justice in this world. I don't understand what that means. No matter how complicated you make it, a bad thing is still a bad thing. You proved amusing to me. We shall meet again, blood of Belmont. <laughs> what do you think is so funny? <laughs>